I feel like I should do like a radio host voice, like a bad Chris Tarrant, like the whole episode. Be like, hello and welcome to RF78.2 Radio Gundam, a watch along podcast. You know, like that. I mean, if you could keep that up the entire podcast, that would be impressive. You'd be like, Vax, can you say like in that voice, like, I'm Maxie B. I'm Maxie B. And I'm the... <laughs> like, that's the, <laughs> the energy we bring in. Welcome to RF78.2 Radio Gundam, a watch-along podcast for various Gundam series suitable for newcomers and fans alike. Maybe not experts, but who knows? You might be into people who know less than you. I know my (laughs) wife is. (laughs) This is episode one out of 144, Destroy Gundam Rising to Vote to Attack. This will be covering the first three episodes of the original Mobile Suit Gundam. You don't have to watch them to enjoy this podcast. We are going to, like, summarise them in goofy levels of detail but i find it helps because you know you want to be able to imagine in your mind's eye the lovely ginger brown locks of amaro ray i will say i talk about the visuals a lot in my notes so if you haven't watched it then my my bits might be (laughs) excruciating it's a good idea as well to have watched it yourself previously because then it's like chatting with your online friends us Yeah, we're parasocial pals. We're definitely your friends. Please give me money. I don't have a way for you to... Well, I do have a way for you to give me money, but we're not going to talk about that during this episode. I'm Maxi B. Most people, if they knew me for anything, would know me for various uh, manga podcasts out in the world. I'm the researcher... Well, one of two researchers for the Shonen Flop podcast, a podcast that looks at failed manga series, whilst also being a regular guest on Manga Mavericks, which sometimes deals with series that aren't failures, but statistically most manga series are failures. So it's all good. And with me today is let's say Sammy first. Sammy. Oh no. Sammy has to I go. was pointing at Alex. Sam- I was like, go on. Sammy was go pointing on. a gun at me. <laughs> I had like some birdseed in my hand, like, come on, come on. <laughs> okay, um I'm a person. Hi, I'm Sammy. I'm an artist and baker and general time waster. And I also do role history with Alex, who is Alex. Hello, Alex. My name's Alex. I haven't got a gender, so any pronouns are fine, whatever. I like cooking, tabletop RPGs, and writing movie reviews. My favourite animal is a pigeon. (laughs) My favourite quadruped is a giraffe. My favourite featherless biped is man. And my favourite feathered biped is Gundam Wing Zero Endless Waltz. (laughs) (laughs) I I should mention I'm I'm she, her. I'm Pan. Ha ha! I'm a special snowflake. Uh, I'm (laughs) anything, and I've long since stopped trying to encourage people to go any sort of particular direction i've just gone like please don't regard me at all and uh, <laughs> that is a great way of saying please listen to my podcast <laughs> don't look at me but listen to me i mean don't I, look at me sammy said that she was a special snowflake but you are the token cis person here so i am so i'm not i'm not actually special oh no thanks for telling me that <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm sorry, that's a joke. We're here to talk about Gundam. Oh yeah. 
We are, we are, and I, I made you all prepare in advance, not only by watching the three episodes that we're talking about today, and mm-hmm. each of us have a summary for one of those three episodes, uh, I also gave you three questions that I felt like were going to give a really strong vibe on who we are in Only these three. episodes. Like, I'm gonna, by and large, we're gonna answer a little Gundam-related question each episode, but this episode, we start with three, because the episode was already going to be really long, and I thought, oh man, let's make it <laughs> let's longer. Just, yeah, just add some extra shit in there. I figure probably the best way of doing this is we do them one question at a time and go round, rather than have one person monologue their way through three questions. <laughs> we'll start with the first question, which is how we got into Gundam. The, the ways I've written these down, they don't sound like questions, but it has how in it, so it must be a question. <laughs> and I'll take the lead on this, just because I I think I slightly predate the both of you by some distance. Uh, you never know. It, it's possible. A, a year is going to come up. I'm not sure if it's the earliest, but it's the earliest I can guarantee by doing research on the internet. Oh, place your bets. Uh, okay. <laughs> so there's there's some level of mental debate as to exactly when, but Wikipedia assures me that the channel CNX launched on Sky in October 2002. So, logically, it must have been around then, because Wing Gundam, the Mobile Suit Gundam Wing, uh, was on their programming block. Although Cartoon Network, before CNX launched, had a Toonami block, but I don't know if Gundam Wing was on it. So it's like... Oh, no. So, in theory, I was about 12 when I got into Gundam Wing. And CNX was great. It was the UK's, like, pre-Toonami Toonami. Not that we have a Toonami channel anymore. It's gone back to being a programming block. And... In case you're wondering what CNX stood for, a brack of Space Ghost Coast to Coast assured us that it stood for, and this was in song form, but I'm not going to sing it because I can't find it anywhere to remind <laughs> myself how it sounded. <laughs> it's a C is for comedy, N is for Japanese animation, and X is for extreme. And Gundam oh. Wing is at least one of those. So I watched it there. I got in deep with it with my uh, childhood best friend because, Wait. you know. Huh? Sorry. Yeah. No, can we go back? N is for... Japanese, Japanese animation. animation. Nippon? <laughs> oh, that would have been good. They weren't that smart. <laughs> Were they just like anime? Na- nime. Nime. <laughs> That's what all the kids are calling it. Look, right. So, I don't know. Have you guys ever watched any Space Ghost Coast to Coast? I've I've, I've mostly seen clips on the YouTube. Um, I have it was no never nothing. showing when I was... Yeah. I know nothing. The the level of incompetence to have the letter N stand for something that does not begin with N is a very par for the course. <laughs> uh, it's also where I get my uh, my online video gamer name, Duke Fartknocker. Uh, so yeah, go, going to that way with my childhood best friend, we got like the toys, not the model kits. We got like the the, the thick, dense plastic little toys. Mm. They were they were great. Had a whole bunch of them. Uh, we played Battle Assault One and Two on the PS One, and like since then I. I've dipped into forums and fan sites and different video games like the Dynasty Warriors uh, spin-offs over time, but never been as into it as I was as a teenager, and um, this gave me an opportunity to get back into it, so I was like, yes, friends, please do this. I'm I'm going to go next. (laughs) So when I was much, much younger, I don't know whether I was 12, I feel like I was younger than 12 because it was on a holiday to Spain, Um, but I got a toy, not a kit, of uh, Ultron Gundam from uh, the Endless Waltz, the one with the misogynist inside. Oh, 
Uh, <laughs> oh, my favourite kind. And <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world, despite knowing fuck all about Gundam. Uh, for many years later, uh, I had just one of its legs remaining in like my wicker toy box <laughs> with its beautiful red heels that it had. Ooh. Ooh. Um, but I don't know what year that was. Plus... Was Jay Lufay a misogynist? Yeah, that was his whole thing. He, he hates Witch from Mercury. <laughs> I really don't remember a lot about um, Chang Fei because he's not... <laughs> He's not Trevor Barnes. My brain just goes, eh, he's not as good. <laughs> I mean, that's accurate. Uh, based on my limited knowledge of Wing, I've only seen like six episodes. I am a fake. Plus there was the video for Somewhere I Belong with the the Sazabi, the Wing Zero, Endless Waltz, and Zephyranthes, is it? From... From the from somewhere is it somewhere I belong? Somewhere I belong have guns in that. Yeah, so, yeah, on his desk before he goes what? into the dream oh, world. Oh yeah 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 yeah. There's like there's shots of them and I'm like oh I had a toy of that. Ah, <laughs> why do I really sound could, like could this? Linkin Park, the bands that basically had a Gundam on the cover of their remix album, <laughs> be the sort of people who had Gundams hanging out in their uh, in their video. Nah. It was That's mysterious it. and cool. I Mysterious thought. and cool. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, years later after that, uh, in my local blockbuster, I found some pre-owned DVDs of Gundam Seed with like four episodes on each. And I watched them on repeat a lot and speculated about what might happen next because I didn't have a computer at the time, which is a bit embarrassing looking back because um, looking back at Gundam Seed, it, it looks like it was drawn by Ken Penders. Oh, no. It a does. Bit, actually. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't uh, know. Well, because I was going to say it looks like... Um, what's that... Other show about the the purple-eyed goon who controls... Does he control minds and it also has mechs in? Megamind? <laughs> yes, Megamind. No, not Megamind. <laughs> um, I, I, I'd already tapped out anime at the time. Uh, it's not Gurren Lagan. I know it's not Gurren Lagan because that's the one with the pointy... No sunglasses. one's got purple hair in that, uh, in the entire show, probably. No, there's that one purple... That, that's not important. Purple-haired guy that controls mind. You'd right think there, I'd know it? about this. Purple-eyed guy. Purple eyed guy. Oh, Lelouch. No, we're going to talk about when I talk about my past. Jibun, whoa. I've never watched that show because I don't want to break the illusion of it being Gundam Seed with like better better levels of polish over the art. And longer limbs. Oh my God, yeah, the clamp designs are insane. So even more after years after that, uh, at London Comic Con in like 2014 to 16, there was 16, there was a booth run by Gundam Mad, and we were looking at the kits, and Sammy spotted the Lancelot from Code Geass, and I spotted a high grade kit of the Strike Freedom Gundam, and that got like the the new type. Uh, noise in my head oh. uh, and that's nice. kind of like what got me back into it in a big way and I was like I should see if they're on Crunchyroll and most of them were on Crunchyroll at the time and I was like oh, blah, blah. and then I watched the first two episodes of every series and then got a sinus headache and had to lie down <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's really funny I think whenever we go into these I like I feel like before we go into the episodes I'm going to say where you can currently watch them mm. but the availability of Gundam shows varies wildly <laughs> on like a quarterly basis so like when I go and say later you can watch Mobile Suit Gundam on Crunchyroll keep in mind that for all I know it has since moved on to High Dive or something mm. like it does not stay put very long <laughs> We had that with uh, the Gundam Info channel because uh, I was making Sammy watch uh, Build Fighters Try and then I tried to make her watch more Build Fighters Try and it was just like, did you mean Build Divers? And, then, and I did and not. Then, and then I had to <laughs> no watch one build, meant divers, build Divers. And that was an experience. <laughs> 
I had never watched Build... We'll save that for when we do Build Fighters and Build Divers, but fair, I had never fair. watched Build Fighters, and I hopped into Build Divers, and I was like, oh, oh, I've made a terrible mistake. I hope they're not all like this. <laughs> it's not even that bad. It's just... <laughs> You you can't. There's a. I'm a Transformers fan, but even I know there's a limit to how much of a toy advert you can make a show. <laughs> I, I will say, Build Fighters and Build Fighters Try are two of my favourites. Well, that's that's a uh, that's, yeah, that's a question a, for the next episode. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's. A, mm, I'll see myself out. <laughs> there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I'm sure I'm going to come up with something terribly embarrassing later on. <laughs> That's a joke, it's a joke, please. There's nothing wrong with that shit opinion. <laughs> Shall we do a deep dive into Sammy's long and storied history with Gundam? The lore. The lore. Oh, I too have many stories about when I was a child experiencing Gundam for the first time, but they would all be lies. <laughs> I did like, I can't even say I liked Transformers as a kid. I remember having a book of the movie and I remember being like, why are they going in his eye? That's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I like the girl one. Oh, yeah. Yep. I, f- um, I feel like Transformers is a great gateway to Gundam, like the movie, at least, because everyone dies at the start of it. And I'm like, that, that leads you in well to the sort of shows that Gundam is. Well, I didn't, I don't remember being into Transformers. Um, my first, I guess, like, my first experience with, like, big robots again was when I started getting into anime when I was about, like, 15, 16. And one of the first animes I did watch was Code Geass. And uh, that became my whole personality for about <laughs> six months. And to this day, I cannot listen to that Coldplay song without being like... <laughs> um, Wait, why is there a Coldplay song involved? Um, oh, what's it There's, called? Vida uh, La Vida? Coldplay's Viva La... Yeah, Viva La, Viva La Lush. And it's it's basically just a song about Lelouch. <laughs> and it, play, it plays sometimes at work. And I still get like a little like stab in my heart like, oh, Lelouch. And then I remember that they did sequels and they ruined everything. And... Coldplay made a sequel to Code Geass. Oh, no, I meant whoever made Code Geass, which is Sunrise. So nice. <laughs> I mean, we um, can't prove that it wasn't Coldplay. Oh. I'm, I'm pretty sure we could, Max. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. I also watched some episodes of Full Metal Panic, but I have no memories of what happened in them, except that it didn't interest me enough to watch the whole thing. <laughs> and yeah, then we went to Comic-Con. And I'm like, oh, I like these models. They're cool. Mm. And then last year, <laughs> I don't know, like the past couple of weeks, I think it was last year we started watching Build Fighters Try. Yes. Because you were like, this will be fun. And I'm like, yeah, this seems fun. And it's fun. And then... Last year, you were like, Sammy, they're making a Gundam with lesbians in it. And then I dived right in. <laughs> you know, my favourite part of that is all Gundam shows have lesbians. It's just this one kind of stopped caring about, like, being shy about it. And just went, hey, mm. oops, all lesbians. I am excited for secret lesbians. I do. I need to. Mm, I need to be uh, that guy for a okay. minute. Okay. Oh, no. So that is bisexual, isn't she? Oh, sorry. Like, you know. I mean, you can have bi lesbians. You know what? Actually, yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. I have brought back 2022 discourse purely <laughs> to win a conversation. I mean, I'm winning this conversation because it's true. I don't know I'm why I'm so winning. Enough. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one um, who wins. Well, yeah, that's that's my long storied past with Gundam, uh, in that I only really got invested like three months ago. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people who are going to be listening, if if, if they are listening, uh, are, are going to be people who've got in because of G-Witch. Like, that has really, really impacted a lot of people. 
Yeah, um, it's it's really, really fucking good. If you haven't watched Ewitch and you're listening to this podcast, what are you doing? Go watch Ewitch now. <laughs> Go have your heart broken. I can never listen to the Happy Birthday song ever again. Oh, God. Coldplay's <laughs> cover of Happy Birthday. <laughs> it fucks me up every time. <laughs> it's on the radio oh. constantly. It's always someone's <laughs> birthday. Okay, so that's got us through the first of three questions. The second one is, what is my favourite mobile suit? We'll keep a nice sort of rotation going on this one. I want to start by asking Alex. That's not a, rota- a rotation. would have been you again. <laughs> no. A no, different person starts ball. each time. Shit. All right, okay. It's probably Strike Freedom. <laughs> I, strike Freedom is sick, to be fair. Strike Freedom. I love the silhouette. I love the wings. I love the gold joints. I love the only being full color once it launches. I think it's the coolest fucking... It's yeah. so cool. It's just really cool. I haven't actually seen the Seed Destiny. <laughs> you don't need to. I've seen the first episode. That goes badly. Strike Freedom is really cool, is though. The one where he cries about his family dying. Do you have any idea how little that narrows it down? <laughs> A close second, though, would be Cathedral Gundam, um, which is uh, not in any animation. It's in one of the Build Fighters mangas. Is Max? You're 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 smart. Is the plural of manga manga, or is it mangas? It's it's manga. Man. Oh shit. Manga. Comics. But uh, yeah, comics. Yeah. It's all comics. It's all comics, baby. Comics all the way down. Uh, but yeah, Cathedral Gundam is also extremely cool. Um, there is a kit of it, like a high grade kit, and that's like my holy grail gunpla. Uh, but you never find them nowadays for less than one hundred and forty pounds. It's ridiculous. But it's gold and it is cool, and I like it to look at it. Ooh. Yes. I mean, as as a shaku shiki appreciator, I do think gold mobile suits are sick as hell. Sam, Sammy was Sammy was Sammy mm. was a shaku shiki appreciator also. Mm. 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 I I realise like the points where um where I go full new type is when I'm st- talking about the model kits and I get really excited. <laughs> oh, is that what we're going to refer to it as all through the series now? <laughs> what going full new type? Yeah, just you know when I ha- when I have to stim my new type tendencies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how I'm going to be reading a lot of things um, in this. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of notes I have in here that are just about Amaro, and uh, oh, I'm I'm going to go off about one of his little stimming activities <laughs> because it's really distracting in episode three. He we'll just like that. me for real. <laughs> that's me, Dom. Okay, Sammy, what is your favourite mobile suit? I feel like I don't, I'm not embarrassed of like my choices, but like I do have less of a pool to pick from. So that's fair. If I have a bad choice, then no one can laugh at me or point at me and be like, ha ha. I really hope this is leading up to ball. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Bear um, guy. Haro is my favourite. No, that's him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll give some honourable mentions first because, you know, building up to it. So um, obviously from G-Witch, there's some really, really nice designs. Um, and I absolutely, like Ariel is such a good design. Mm. Um, although I do think they ruined it by putting wing bits on. I don't like a chunky one, I think. Um, but I really like Lifrif because mm. of the unusual colour scheme. If you want me to like a gun, Gundam, gun, a mobile, a, a little robot <laughs> then I really go for ones with like unique color schemes, um, like a sleeker kind of body. Like if they have big feet, nah, nah, hate it, hate it. <laughs> so every Zaku two in the world is like doing a single. Don't tier get me started on Zaku. I will. I have a whole rant in my notes about Zaku. Sorry. And when I say a whole rant, I mean I just call it ugly a bunch. Oh god. No. Yep. We're gonna be Point at odds here. Yeah. Point it out there. 
Oh no. <laughs> oh no. And now Ooh. everyone turns off the Ooh. podcast. <laughs> that fucking bitch. Okay, yeah, so I really like Lift Riff. There's one that Alex showed me recently. Because a lot of my experience with different Gundams is looking at pictures of the kits. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> like, Sammy, look, look, they've got this one in stock. Yeah. <laughs> but it was because you were showing it to me, I guess, like, an embarrassing, th- not embarrassing, I just stopped saying that. I'm modelling, sorry. <laughs> sorry, this is what the edit is for. I'm not going to edit this out, but I'm going to say it now. <laughs> if you ever say this will go in the edit, <laughs> it has, it has to stay, yeah. Yeah, it's like whenever someone says cut that, you know, you just shove it right <laughs> in there. Um, so yeah, Alex was showing me some, a really cool gumper that, because I like to think about my, my D&D characters a lot, and it was a mobile suit that maybe my D&D character would use, which was, Please tell me if I get this right. The G Lucifer. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, So that's really up there because that's extremely cool. And I wish I could say that was my favorite one, but I don't really have an emotional attachment to it yet. Um, So that does mean that my favorite (laughs) is um, Bill Burning because... Is what? Sorry? Bill Burning. Is that what it's called? Oh, God. Bill Burning Gundam. Bill Burning Gundam. It's from um, Build Fighters Try. Uh, it's the main boy's Gundam. And I don't really like any of the <laughs> characters. Oh, no. They're just very one dimensional, which I don't like in a show. Not even after that picture I showed you. Mm, that's just horny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't add to characters, sorry. No. Um, but um, I really like. Bill, Bill, Bill burning. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if you like. It sounds like you're an arsonist who's not good at explaining why you like destroying the buildings. Right. Um, so I get, um, I get a thing with like, I guess when like the main Gundam of the series is just kind of like white with red. Blue, with the Gundam colours. The Gundam colours. Mm. And it can get a bit samey for me, the untrained person, That's you know, who hasn't watched a lot of Gundam and doesn't know, always know the differences between them. But um, Bill Burning is really interesting. Well, not really interesting, but um, it has a lot more red in its design. It's got like a nice sleek um, thing. It doesn't have like stupid wing bits. No which weapons, always put me nothing. Off. Um, I really like its fighting style. It punches mm. things. It sets on fire. Um, there's like that transformative kind of thing that happens later when he gets good at punching <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i really like i will say how it looks like he's wearing like a, a little a little red crop top yeah that's probably <laughs> why i like her oh summer what is it an endless summer fun or whatever <laughs> um. i think i really like it as well because like it's very bad at flying it can only fly when it's using special power or something um so most of the time it has to like stand on other gundams which i'm just like yeah bitch step on him <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned G Lucifer. I had to look that one up originally because I was like, I- "Is that from uh, the show that shall not be spoken of, G Reco?" And not only is it, it's also the most Mewtwo ass looking fucking Gundam in the world. <laughs> and oh, I it's love Mewtwo it. though, yeah. It's so good. Oh, um, it's like absolutely perfect for us. So. Also, do we it's not like so cool. Re- Reconquista in G? I will say I'm fairly neutral as a human being about G-Reco. It is probably one of the least liked Gundam series that is a full series. That oh, probably no. means I like it. Oh, no. Tomino came back for it, though. It's got... Yeah, though, that's kind of the problem. Well... <laughs> oh, I'm excited. This is cool. I, I love Tomino, but he's never found an idea he can't over-explain in a way that makes it harder to understand. <laughs> But it has the um, my kind of guy. I I think a lot of the staff are actually from Eureka Seven, which is a really good anime. 
So like I'm I'm gonna like, I'm gonna like it despite the fact everyone hates uh, G Reco. That's I, my plan. I've been watching that in my own time and having a having a fun time. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. So it's your turn now. <laughs> it is, which means I have to be the most pedantic asshole in the universe. <laughs> so my favourite is Heavy Arms. It's always been Heavy Arms, but I have to be really specific because Heavy Arms goes through it in iterations. The Endless Waltz variations have, frankly, too much shit going on. <laughs> like, the, the the first form in Endless Waltz has all these attachments. The final one has, like, five billion guns. Like, you don't need that many guns, no matter how good the literal clown piloting it is. I just think it should have more guns, you know? No, just too many. Oh he- my heavy god, arms. Alex just a picture <laughs> of all the guns. However, however heavy your arms are, you need to be able to lift them at the end of the day. No, no, uh, no. So no. I'm, I'm talking, like, the, the vanilla... OG, swing out knife on one arm, single spinning gun barrel, two rocket pods and machine gun titties, heavy arms. Uh, the, the custom upgrade with a slightly worse set of titties and uh, twin spinning barrels, I can live with that. It's also cool. Uh, I owned a toy of that one, actually. But the, the original is the one I, I really, really did like. And, you know, I, I had a crush on Trower as a teen, so I, I think that probably influences it somewhat. I really like it. I, I love the colour like, schemes on it. I'm, anything that has a unique, like a more unique colour scheme, I'm like, ooh! Oh, you're, you are going to have a fantastic time with Wing Gundam's uh, colour choices as much as anything. <laughs> like, they're, other than the literal Wing Gundam, they are all, at worst interesting mm, i love interesting <laughs> so it's like yeah a, a pretty easy one I, I don't really have any other options i i like the f91 and the crossbones gundam but like not enough to go and call them favorites heavy arms has been there since day one so i'm just like i i genuinely thought f91 was your favorite but i i think that's just you standing a short <laughs> standing a short queen f91 will come up in a future episode for a different category of favorite I will mention it shortly here. It is my favourite actual Gundam series slash film. Like, obviously, it's just a film. Ah. Uh, despite the fact that its entire production cycle and the fact it's a film is an admission of failure on everyone's parts. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll get into it at the time. I, I love Gundam F91. It is a good movie. Sammy, you're up first Hello. for this one. Who okay. is your favourite character? Well, I've only watched two Gundam shows, so again, very <laughs> limited pool. <laughs> and it's not anyone from friggin' Tri Fighters, because, like, it's fine. It's just a fun little shonen Boo. anime. Boo. They don't have to have personalities. You know, she's the girl. He wears glasses. He punches things. There we go. Why am I booing she her? She's inexplic- right. <laughs> she inexplicably <laughs> falls in love with him halfway through the series <laughs> with no build-up or anything. Uh, I guess she sees him with a hot girl and he's like oh shit that could be me i don't know yeah um, I, I can't <laughs> I, I have no recourse to yeah so i can only really pick from um from the g witch show uh, which does mean that i fall into my sort of general uh habit of like oh it's the main character i love them <laughs> it's saletta saletta mercury she's my favorite character and not just because she's a girl and also the main character which is kind of like what normally ticks the boxes for me <laughs> But also, I just, I really like it. She's got a lot of shit going on in her brain. <laughs> and I can really respect and empathise and relate to that. Also, she can make funny. a really good bolognese. Yeah. Uh, she just like me, for real. <laughs> I'm, I'm very interested to see what the show does with her. I just want to wrap her up in a blanket. And yeah, so I don't really have much else to say because like, 
I'm pretty sure everyone loves her. Uh, she seems fantastic. So my level of G-Witch experience is literally the YouTube prologue, because we got so traumatised by it, uh, me and my lovely wife Raven, that we've not actually come back for the main yeah, it's, series it's yet. Freaking yeah, grim. I thought about that. And like, I, I know that Gundam is traumatising. Like, a lot of, I think we've, we've spoken off the air about how people have been very weird about being like oh didn't you know Gundam was like that but like the opening is genuinely up there for like some of the most distressing things in all of the franchise it's like I don't understand people who have that opinion because about halfway through the series is the worst bit for me um really the stuff with Ellen we can't we can't go into it in- I'm not going to go into it but I will say it, it has broken me in a way that I will never recover from this is like on Lelouch level oh no Ellen is my new Lelouch well none of us here are particular fans of Ellen DeGeneres so I'm not sure why she was a <laughs> Oh, look, if, if, you're, if you're like, oh, Gee Witch looks soft because it's about school life and they don't even have real fights, it's duels, just stow all that shit away. It's hurtful. It's painful. It will break you. If you think that it, there needs to be a, like an active life or death situation for there to be drama in any media, then <laughs> you're basic. You're basic. If you don't understand that a lot of anime are made out of uh, multiple seasons and causes, they get called by the French for some reason. Hmm. Like, sometimes you have to build up to things by doing stuff with smaller stakes to begin with, Mm. and then you continue to inject the higher stakes and the more horrible things as you go. Yeah, you can't just have someone's entire family be murdered right in front of them in the first episode. Yeah, what would be no, the point? Imagine that would be silly. in the first episode. That would be really show. weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so initially for this, I picked Char Aznable because I'm basic and I got <laughs> mercilessly, mercilessly roasted by Alex about it. So I wrote down some alternatives as well and I spotted idea? a pattern forming. How little? That narrows it down. From what I've heard, there's several Chars. <laughs> there, there is only one Char that matters. Every Char that's like an iteration on Char is great. I appreciate that they are building on perfection, uh, but Char is the best. But the the other ones I've considered, I think I mentioned before, I had a bit of crush on uh, on Troa Barton in Wing Gundam. But also I wrote down C. Bucano from F91, mostly for in-joke reasons from playing the Dynasty Warriors spin-offs <laughs> with other friends. But there is a common line between these three characters that I think is important, but it's also a little bit of a spoiler. But I, I figure it's okay because it's not like a big problem, it's a series-to-series thing. Go, 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 go. All three of those characters turn up... Well, no, two of them turn up in sequel series as somebody else. With a different like, assuming name different names. Yeah. And then Charo Barton is already not his real name. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so the biggest turns on for... for turns on? The biggest turn... T- turn A. Wow. Gundam. No. <laughs> biggest turn A Gundam... Uh, Max loves deceit and finds it sexy is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh, look, right? If you if you <laughs> if you don't go on the Nitarari tags and be like, oh, it's behind my back, then are you really living? I mean, that's what Max always says. Uh, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, I'm going to come. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you, you could say, really, with these choices, that my... My real favourite characters are Quattro Bagina, vagina joke here, <laughs> and uh, King Cade Now, Painter of Light. But no, it, it is it is Char. He's a complicated piece of shit and the blueprint for every good villain in the franchise. Uh, he, he's simply unbeatable. Yeah, he's my favourite clone of Prince Sharkin. I don't understand that. Fucking got him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's my favourite character from Char Aznable and George, Defenders of the Deep. <laughs> Sharkin and George, crime busters of the sea. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. You'll okay. get to Sharky and George. No, wait. Well, maybe. Okay, who's your who's your favourite character? It better be good after you roasted me. Silletta Mercury. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to say Silletta Mercury because yeah. I, I love uh, a clearly autistic character. Uh, she just like me for real, for real. However, Sammy said that one. And I have that thing where if you're at a restaurant and somebody orders the same thing you were going to get, I have to order something else. Well, especially if you share. Especially. Mm? So I'm going to say Harrow. The, the ball. The, the fucking space bollock. He's a lime green ball. No, that was my joke, Gumper. He's his own person. Oh, okay. Love that guy. Do you mean the Harrow from the comics who, like, has a kid and smokes? He left his family behind. <laughs> that, is, that is a good choice. <laughs> he just wants to see his kid. Oh. Can you get some time off soon, please? Trying to get some time off so he can go and see his kid. Because some because you can't climb inside of Harrow, he doesn't count as a mobile suit. So maybe he is a character, because the alternative is an accessory, and I don't think we're going to have that as a question. I think he clearly has his own, like, because he, he has conversation. Well, you know. Uh, they're, they're not so much conversation. <laughs> I mean, it's my kind of conversation. It's telling me my bread levels are dropping. Like, cheers. I was thinking, like, I, I've got a three-year-old who sometimes says things that don't make sense, but she says them in, like, a light, bubbly way, and I'm just like, I'm loving this conversation. And that's kind of what talking with Harrow's like. <laughs> is Max, Har- is, your, is your kid is your kid a Harrow? Did you build a little robot? I wish I'd built a little robot. Um, in Dynasty Warriors Guns and Free, Harrow was the loading screen minigame, but they didn't have a good idea for it, so he's just bouncing, and if you press A each time he's at the bottom of a bounce, it just does a little bloom, and <laughs> it, do- it doesn't change how he bounces at all. And that is the worst loading screen minigame I can think of in a video game. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was going to be a question for a different episode. <laughs> What's the worst? To be fair, it is all... Um, I do think all all loading screen minigames are actually a copyrighted thing by uh, Namkai Bando now. So, like... I thought they lost that because uh, Splatoon put them in. Oh, that, it's possible. I've never mm. played Splatoon. It's got squids in it. Uh Anyway. Is Harrow actually your favourite character? Uh, it's the favourite for this question, for the purposes of this question, yeah. I'd, okay, um, I, I like I like Mikazuki from Iron-Blooded Orphans. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a really interesting take on the uh, traumatised, emotionless child soldier trope. Fine. Fine. I like his general demeanour being completely like, yeah, I'm going to do it, I'm going to keep keep going and the series eventually begins to explore what that actually costs him and with him like losing head spoilers losing the the use of certain limbs and things i think is wow we're actually exploring this properly rather than just having him tear up somebody's birthday party invitation yeah uh, sick burn on hero yui Uh, i do like how mikazuki has like really big fucking eyes (laughs) Mm, i like how he's two feet tall much like harrow and i love how he's constantly eating dates Hey, and much much like Harrow, sometimes he has limbs and sometimes he doesn't. That's fair, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I it don't like his weird back hook thing. Well, that's, that's because creepy. you are intolerant. Oh, oh. Okay. In universe. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm. I just, you know, body horror. The the whiskers make people uncomfortable. Oh, is that what they call? That's what they call them. Space Ooh. rats. Space rats. Space rat. Rats Riff don't rat. have hooks on their back. Uh, space rats. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Okay, so we've successfully survived the questions, <laughs> and I'm hopefully not. people have a bit more of a feeling about the sort of people we are, which is to say that I'm basic, and you two have a little more going on than that. TV Trope says about Harrow, he's a robot, 
He's a robot, but Harold refers to himself as Boku, and it's hard not to get male vibes from him. Gender. Oh, oh gross. <laughs> I feel like I've sent you towards TV Tropes because you're like, shit, I've got to prove Harold's a good character now. Oh, I'd already been on TV Tropes. Uh, <laughs> I, I go on there a lot, sorry. Oh, yeah, but I, I close my tabs, you know? I never close my tabs. I never understand people who don't close their tabs. I think it must be a... A family thing, because me and Mary are both tired. Yeah, I, I know. I close my tabs. I just I get back there very fast. <laughs> shoo! In theory, I would have I would have put a little shoe in here to like have it be a little cut between sections, and I'm I will probably oh, yeah. keep this part in where I said that now, just so people understand our process. Oh well, that means we're back. Ooh, oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Uh, I told you guys off the air that I had I had worked on a Mobile Suit Gundam retrospective that was going to sort of... Originally, it was going to be for the whole of this show, and then I wrote it, and it was actually a lot longer than I meant it to be just to get to when episode one launched. So I'm going to I'm gonna read that for you guys now. Yeah. Yeah. Feel free to pipe in if there's ever anything you find particularly interesting or worth, uh, worth throwing in there. <laughs> but this is... um. This is going to be a very serious presentation. Like, I'll give it a little bit of funky backing music. Ooh-hoo. Like it's one of OSW's retrospectives, but instead of being about like the XFL or how a wrestler did something stupid, uh, it's going to be about how a man who was bitter, uh, bitter about anime being fun decided to make an anime that was also still quite fun. Uh-oh. Mobile Suit Gundam Retrospective Part 1. Gundam Sunrising. <laughs> <laughs> The year 1978. The place, Japan. 15-year anime industry veteran Yoshiyuki Tamino has gotten sick of the super robot genre that dominates his industry, and in the wake of his work on Invincible Superman Zambot Free and Invincible Steelman Daitan Free, which aren't the same thing, apparently. Oh, okay. <laughs> they sound very different. They sound incredibly the same. <laughs> no. Because Invincible Steel Man's about a steel man. Oh, right, And yeah, the yeah. other one's about... I forgot it. I forgot <laughs> it. You tried. You tried your best. Uh, so he's fed up with those. He was ready to attempt something revolutionary within the industry. Something more real robots. You see, super robot shows were this fairly goofy thing with bright, colourful robots that were more like superheroes or Ultraman than something mechanical usually controlled or summoned through non-physical means like radio signals or the sheer power of thought, with fantastical powers beyond what would actually make sense for a machine to do. Like, you know, Marzinger has his breast fire, but it's not really explained how his tits make flames, you know? That's, uh, you know, there's also, um, uh, Dragonzord. You know, Green Ranger, Dragonzord. I think Dragonzord was around back then, but Dragonzord is totally a super robot. No, that's Final Countdown, isn't it? What was the tune he did? <laughs> I don't know. He just do, played do, 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 do. Yes! Chris Tarrant was doing it. Dude, 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 dude. I need teens with attitude. So Tamino wanted something that highlighted the mechanical aspect and grounded it in reality enough for a mature and unflinching look at what war really is and to make audiences confront the tragedy of warfare. Designing these more practical mecha would be, appropriately, the mechanical designer Kunio Okawara, known then for work on classics such as Gatchaman, Time Bokan, and Yataman, and who had actually previously worked with Tomino on Daitan Free, which, as a bonus fact, is where the design for White Base was originated. Recycle, reuse, reduce. Re- y- where- yeah. Is that the order that it goes in? 
I don't know. I, I recycled the phrase for my purposes. <laughs> <laughs> Okawara, with some guidance from Tomino, concepted a mecha based on the mobile infantry-powered suits of Robert A. Heinlein's Starship Troopers, an initial source of inspiration that's never actually left the franchise. They are called mobile suits, after all. Mm? With these core designs in place, the foundation was laid for the series to change everything. Freedom Fighter Gun Boy. Except, hang on, that name's a bit bollocks, so let's take the gun and the freedom and create Gundam. How about that? Love a good portmanteau. This is Gun Boy Slander. <laughs> it should have been called Gun Boy. No, the, are you about to say the other thing about Gundam? The name? What, what do you mean? Because they were like, let's get gun and freedom, and it's Gundam. And then... Uh, Tomino was just like, hey, can we change the O at the end to an A? Because that would be like, a big gun holding back enemies like a dam. And all the execs are like, oh, like in that mm. uh, big boss meme. So I had I had heard that, but I could not verify it, so I actually left it off. <laughs> oh, well, I've just put it in. I just regurgitate anything <laughs> uncritically. No, it's fine, because this makes it seem like I'm the one who does research, and you're the one <laughs> who, who says things. <laughs> and I think that's an important dynamic to set up, regardless of when I'm just going to make shit up later. <laughs> Setting up the credibility now so you won't need it later. It's just, it's very, it's very important that I just undermine my co-hosts. Hmm. That's what I do to Sammy on Roll History, to be fair. That's what we're here for. <laughs> oh, I should continue with this retrospective, shouldn't I? Mm. But designs, intent, and a quality name do not a show make. You need characters, you need animation, you need to be TV-ready. You need Yoshikazu Yasuhiko. An accomplished character designer and animation director, Yasuhiko had made his name storyboarding Leiji Matsumoto's era-defining sci-fi space battleship Yamato a series that pushed the limits of how an anime could be perceived and whose influence led directly to White Base's use and the design of the Musai. Tomino had worked with Yasuhiko on Zambot 3, and when you have the chance to pick up a gem like that as a peer, you damn well do. Yasuhiko completed this core trio of creators, handling the lion's share of character designs and doing animation director duties on some 16 episodes, far and away the most for that particular duty on Mobile Suit Gundam. With these people in place, as well as a crew of others, many under the Hajime Yatate pseudonym, all that was needed to get the revolution going was studio approval, which was uh, easier said than done. Oh, no. Stop me if you've heard this before. Studio interference on a project. Amazing. Oh. <laughs> what do you mean we can only use 82 colours? <laughs> Sunrise had the interests of TV stations and sponsors at heart. Understandable for a studio, really, but still kind of crappy in this situation. And when presented with a dry, tragic, real robot series, demanded compromise. The Gundam and White Base were both recoloured to be more toyetic and appealing, with big splashes of primary red, blue and yellow. Kid-friendly, yes, but kid-friendly isn't really what you want to say about the designs of weapons of war in your realistic presentation of Mecha. <laughs> oh no. Fortnite. This sort... Fortnite. It's Fortnite. all Fortnite. Is Gundam in Fortnite? I know, I know it's in that terrible movie that I won't watch that has nothing to do with Fortnite. But it's principally Ready Player the same One? thing as Fortnite. Yeah, it's the same thing as Fortnite, right? Oh god, it is as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's I've just seen stuff that film. You know. Have we? Yeah. No. You wouldn't talk to me for about half an hour afterwards. Oh yeah. <laughs> was it that bad? It was. It was. It's oh. maybe the worst film I've ever seen. This. The guy's like, I choose the form of Gundam, and then he turns into oh, the Gundam RX seventy eight. Is he one of the fucking super twins? <laughs> form Adult of form. Gundam. The Gundam. <laughs> oh, Sammy's frozen up. She's remembered the film. I had. I had completely forgotten that that 
had been an event that happened in my life. <laughs> and now I'm remembering, it's like flashing in my brain. Mm. And I'm like, it's technically Gundam. So we have to make like a special episode one day where no. we watch it. No, we don't. No. We don't. Don't, don't, mm, mm. don't hurt me this way. Okay. I'll I don't carry on then. Shall I? Hurt me. <laughs> yeah, back, back, you know, enough about this uh, corporate money-making effort. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We're going to edit all this out. <laughs> this sort of push against Tomino's intent would be a huge source of tension between Tomino and Sunrise for many <laughs> years to come. To the point that Tomino would be known to declare them the true enemies of Gundam, oh which is God. a very normal thing to do. <laughs> I have that in my notes. Oh, but- my God. <laughs> It's like, I, I, I love how unrestrained Tamino is as a person talking about his enemies, hmm? but also, this man should not have this many enemies. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's going into interviews, he's just like, I wrote a lot of episodes about war, so I may have internalised some murderous thoughts <laughs> about the executives. And I'm like, I love this guy, this guy's cool. He should murder some executives. Get him! Be fair, it's probably what I would do if I had to make a cartoon. <laughs> Doesn't matter what the cartoon's about. Make, me a, make an episode of fucking uh, Paddington Bear and I'll still kill an executive. It's true. <laughs> For every episode. Every episode. Just stabbed with a marmalade knife. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but the deed was done, the sacrifices were made, and Mobile Suit Gundam was born! Yeah! But how was this herald of the age of real robots? And how would it fare in the harsh world of TV animation? Well, let's find out as we enter the date of April 7th, 1979, and the premiere episode, Gundam Rising. No. Hell yeah, thank you for the, the, the recap, the, the research, the... The background is actually really important, so thanks for doing that 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 work, Max. What, what's great is my starting point for the research, and we we will go into this in a future episode because like I need to make sure you guys pick up a copy of uh, the entirely fictionalized the men who created Gundam. Oh, I would love to read that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's great because it's got enough grains of truth that when you actually do research, you're like, why is that a real thing that happened? <laughs> Like, there, there's a whole, there's a scene, it's out from Denpa Books, by the way, highly recommended to anybody at home. But, like, there's this great thing where he gets really mad because a fanzine does, like, a drawing of Sailor with uh, with nothing on. And he, like, calls them up, contacts them, and it's like, hey, listen to me. You've got the colour of Sailor's nipples wrong. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I didn't expect it to go there, but... This guy and the fucking thing, The thing that really got me is that is one of the facts in that series that is undisputed as true. <laughs> Everyone's like, no, this is actually the case. He did this. Oh, fuck. Wow. What do you mean you got the colour right? What what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, bad. Because they're supposed to be pink. So I don't know if, like... What colour did they put them? Brown ones or whatever. I don't know. Blue. uh, No no one knows what the original image was. So it's been (laughs) awkward to research because fanzines don't tend to be preserved well. History is written by the victors. There is one. I think it's in the second episode. um, There's, like, a little shot of her. And they've forgotten to line her... um, her like undershirt so maybe they went with that colour for an episode oh she like... just had like we- a weird grey chest yeah. I made a note about that that is the, the thing that I said before about the sunrise only giving them access to 82 colours uh, was, a, was a real thing apparently that's just mm. sad I, I had heard this but I was like how do you how do you control that that's a good point yeah what if they mix them together oh god Ooh. I mean, maybe well, there's theory, like, what they're really doing is they're going, you're allowed three colours. You <laughs> use them on your Gundam, mix them together. Just like everyone, learn your colour <laughs> wheel. I'm just regurgitating things I've heard on the internet again, aren't I? Oh, that's good though. Listeners, discredit, don't believe my lies. 
I have a tattoo that says "Don't believe your own lies" because I have memento disease. Um, that's not Spe- true. Speaking of regurgitating things that you've seen online, <laughs> who's ready to summarize episode one of Mobile Suit Gundam? It's gonna be me, <laughs> uh, Backstreet Boy. <laughs> not I'm not a Backstreet Boy. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. None of us are Backstreet. None boys. of us are Backstreet Boys. Don't. Don't believe my lies. <laughs> hey, it's time for some notes, and we're doing a we're doing a uh, we're doing a recap each of an episode each, yeah. and I'm going to be doing the first one apparently. Yeah, I'm going to begin now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or do we need to put like some music in or something? Uh, I would. Can I'm probably going to gonna just occasionally with some of these things, like where we're building up towards talking about it. If I'm not putting actual music, I'm going to put some of the ambient background space noises from the series. Because, like, there's some really nice recreations out there of them all. Hell and, yeah. Like, you know, we'll probably talk about it some more. But the sound in this show is impeccable. It's it's so yeah, good. It's, like, it's, 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 it slaps. I mean, the very first thing that I wanted to talk about is the fucking opening. It slaps. Like... It's so fucking good. Like, the horns, the strings, the synths. Um, so the song is... Uh, the vocals are performed by Ko Ikeda. Uh, it's composed by Takeo Watanabe, who did the Cutie Honey theme. Yeah. Um, oh. Arranged by uh, Yuji Matsuyama. And lyrics written by Tomino himself. Yeah, you can tell. Under a pseudonym. You could tell? You can tell. What do you mean? Because he kept saying to burn things? Yeah. Well, because uh, it sounds like an amazing propaganda song. <laughs> Because like, it's got this nice upbeat and it's like Rage on Gundam and it's like showing everyone hands to the heavens and it's like you will fight and you will die and I'm mm-hmm. like yeah this is Tamino. I actually um, in doing my research I found there was an English uh, for the English dub on Tsunami after mm. Gundam Wing and um, so they retranslated the lyrics on that one. Oh yeah. And it was uh, kill executives, kill executives. <laughs> That's not true. I'm lying on the internet. 2001 was a strange time. <laughs> So, it's a great tune, it yeah. sounds good, I'm listening to it on repeat every day. I mean, I've got it playing in my head right now. It's so fucking good. But, sadly, we must move on oh. from that, and okay. um, we get the opening like the narration, the, uh, the the backstory, the stuff that uh, had a lot of relevance ascribed to it later, but uh, at the very start it was just shocking imagery to show you that war, war is, is, is going on. I mean, yeah. Uh, Max, you said that you'd, you'd transcribe the whole thing, right? Uh, yeah, do you want me to read it for you? I would love that. So I've got it in two parts because uh, the first section isn't as good as the second, but it's all needed. Okay, no, uh, first section, if it's not that good, you could do it as Chris Tarrant again. Uh, no, I'll, I'll read it all seriously because my voice... The, I will say, the dub for Mobile Suit Gundam isn't particularly good. The guy who does this opening narration nails it. It's the one, like, you know, open yeah, the dub. Yeah. Watch, watch the opening, which is just the same anime opening. Like, nothing's dubbed in that. Watch the introduction. Turn it off, it's fine. <laughs> A half century has passed since humanity began moving its burgeoning population into space. These gigantic space cities orbiting the Earth became a second home to humanity, where people were born and raised, and where they died. Which is banger, that is... Oh. I put in my notes like, oh, this seems like a weird line, but then they all blow up. <laughs> yeah, they did die there. They did but, die. But like, this is why I split it in two, died. because like that, you could put that anywhere and that is stone cold as it goes that is amazing uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do the next part now which is what I think is perhaps one of the best bits of opening narration ever it is the year 79 of the universal century the furthest space city from earth known as side free proclaimed itself the principality of Zeon it launched a war of independence against the earth federation 
In roughly one month of fighting, the Principality of Zeon and the Federation forces caused the deaths of half the total population. Humanity was horrified by its own actions. The war became a stalemate and eight months have now passed. What the actual fuck? Half. Half the total population. How? Presumably of humanity. That's a lot of guys, in it? That's, so That's one month. People. That's it a lot of guys in a month. Imagine if they just kept on going. Like, a part of me thought, like, did they mean, like, half of side three? But that would just mean Zeon have lost. They have to mean half like, of humanity, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. already so overpopulated that they've moved out into space. That's Oof. insane. That's too many people being dead. But that is, like, that oh, is a whopper intro. You're like, I, I am completely in for, like, if someone wasn't into the idea that Gundam was a serious show to take seriously, except for when it's not, like, that intro does the job. Mm. I do want to point out that 79 years is not uh, half a century. Because he said... Yeah! He said, oh, yeah. It's been half a... The year is 79. Are they they trying to say that the universal century, they started the clock again when they moved out into space? Or is it the case that it took them 29 years, the universal century, to actually finish building all the science? That must have been it, right? Because in Unicorn... It seems like a big operation. Doesn't the Unicorn begin with that? Uh, I don't remember. Please don't ask me questions about Gundam Unicorn when I've not watched it in a few years. I'm sure it starts with the president being like, I'm in space now, I'm the president... And now it's the year universal. Oh no! And then some things happen. He blows up? Yeah, then he blows up. Um, A lot of people in space in Gundam say, oh no, suddenly and then die. (laughs) It's a Gundam! Uh, The the sheer optimism as well. It's not the year 79, it's the year double zero seven (laughs) nine. They really thought they were going to make it and then they killed half the population in a fucking month. Half of everyone is dead now. Fuck, welcome to the show. So, yeah, welcome to the show. Half of humanity's dead. We got to see the colony drop as well, which wasn't canon at the time. But, I mean, looking back on it now, you're like, oh my god, that's when they did that. Yeah. Ah, Sydney. You know. Uh, or Australia. So, we begin in space. Space! Which is appropriate. That's where it's set. Well, first we get a little title card that says Gundam Rising. Oh. And the sound design on that is just very oh. nice. Yeah, Max, can you play the... Can you play the... Uh, so, yeah, uh, Zeon as well. Uh, I love how 70s sci-fi the name Zeon is. I know, right? That's something I love. Wait, when we were watching the dog, yeah. didn't they call it something else? No, they it were pronouncing it, it Jean. The... Yeah. yeah. They were like, Jean. And we're like, what? Mm. Who? I kind of Jean, feel Jean. like maybe they did that to... Uh, distance it further from Zion. Oh, oh yeah, maybe. Because there's kind, there's kind of issues with maybe it's evoking Israel a little too much. Oh God, it is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh shit, Matt. Oh no. Oh going, no, my hey, reading of it. We've, we... we've declared this our lands now. Time to go and kill a large amount of the population. Half of them. It's um, it's a bit of a problem with the series. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, oh shit! Fuck. My reading was surface level at best. <laughs> Gundam fucking rules. Hell yeah! Wait, no. <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> maybe, maybe we. Huh? Maybe we just focus on. 
Let's ignore that. Let's ignore that. Let's brush that under the rug. Yeah, let's, let's be clear. Real world situations where nations have been declared and then they kill the people that also live there without mercy are pretty fucked up and we can all agree on that. Yeah. But we're not going to talk about it right now because we're talking about Gundam. Listeners, I'm here to communicate Radio Gundam's official stance on that, <laughs> that business in Palestine stuff. You know, I'm not really... Don't worry. So uh, I'm going to talk about O'Neill cylinders for a second. Mm. In this house, we love an O'Neill cylinder. It is 100% the best colony shape. Better than Halo. <laughs> Halo's rubbish. Um, the O'Neill cylinder was proposed by American physicist Jared K. O'Neill in his 1976 book, The High Frontier, Human Colonies in Space. And that was just uh, three years before this came out. It's really cool. They were just like, oh, this new thing's been published. We could use that. It's a cylinder. There's a lot of real... Well, real. There's a lot of real theoretical science mm. in Gundam as a whole. Like, like the, the, the Lagrange, Lagrange points, is it? Uh, there's that as well. Um, you have uh, what is considered one of the most realistic representations of a space elevator in the later series. Mm. Like, Gundam is... Like, when Tamino said, I want to make a real robot series, what he meant was, I'm going to be so anal about a lot of real-world science, but then also go and give autistic people superpowers. Yes! Just like in real life. So, uh, a thing that I wanted to point out, though, with the O'Neill cylinder is that the proposal that uh, O'Neill made, each would be five miles in diameter and 20 miles long, eight kilometers and 32 kilometers, uh, connected at each end by a rod via a bearing system. Cool. And it's just like for the scale of it. Yeah. I just th- thought that might Big. be something to mention. Big. So, Gundam is rising. Okay. Yeah, we open in hard. space. Which is appropriate, as I said before. And there's this first shot close up of the, the Zaku. The big pink eye! The Zaku the head. The big pink it's eye! So good. Shame Zaku's are okay. Fucking rules, Sammy. <laughs> It's like, whatever you can say about Gundam, there is no denying, like, you you take out the opening, the first mobile suit you get a real good look at is the Zaku 2, which is, despite what Sammy says, a banger design. It fucking rules. It's a good design. There's there's probably a lot of things not to like about it. Like, the fact it can have substantial disabling to its, like, view systems by just having its little mouthpiece ripped off is kind of an issue. (laughs) But it's just... I don't know, it's got a cool gladiator thing. It's got the big L shape on one arm and then I'm gonna, the ball on the other. I'm going to talk about the Zakus for 100 years <laughs> as soon as skirts. I get a chance. So They do have little skirts. It's good, anyway. But that first shot of it, um, like with the, 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 the close-up of the eye lighting up, it's like Cylon yeah. kind of feel. It's, cool. it's fucking cool. And then you see... The, the this phenomenal shot of the scale of the colony side seven and you've got that all spinning in front of you and then somebody like uh, control a selects all the zakus and then powerpoint <laughs> slides them down onto the surface <laughs> this bit made me laugh so much because they just kind of zonk onto zonk. it and the little noise it makes is just like <laughs> it's good i mean it's mm. <laughs> you got to be economical when you can yeah yeah. So three Zakus uh, land on the outside of the side seven. Uh, they unscrew the egg timers that control the access doors and they just, drop on in. Why would you put little buttons on the outside For that just let in. anyone in? Just to let people in. Just a little Look, button that you just press and there you go. Hey, theoretically, presto. let's say a situation happens where your son blows a hole in the side of side seven and you get sucked out into space. You would be wanting those <laughs> buttons that help you back in. I just think if you're stupid enough to get sucked into space and you live in space now, you don't get to go back to side seven. <laughs> I laughed too much, sorry. So the Zaku's drop on in and there's another really great shot from inside the hatch uh, with like the square of it in the center with the sun in the middle. Uh, Later this would be stolen for use in Jordan Peele's Nope. 
Uh, oh, which yeah, is cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Zaku's hit a bouncy arm thing because they're big. It flies back out. I don't know why that happens. I, I did put in my notes, please make know if there are any consequences to this later, and there are not. So, yeah, no, it's, it just happens. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe Amaru's dad r- rides it later. I don't maybe. know. I, I want to, sorry to keep jumping in, but um, when you get like the close-ups of the Zaku, especially when they're in the hatch and later on um, it happens a lot with Char, but like on the actual animation, the, there's such a nice texture to the lines. Mm. It's almost like charcoal. Um, and it's just really nice to see something like kind of, I guess, organic looking in a show about sci-fi space. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like some real nice organic texture i think i think the animation itself like it's from 1979 i do think it is has held up really well yeah definitely definitely i will say this how to put it yeah the the first few episodes really do hold up well i cannot stress enough there are going to be a lot of episodes later that do fucking not (laughs) Uh this show is going to run into capital p problems the further in we go oh i'm excited i love Uh capital p (laughs) So we learn that the squad leader's name uh, is not Slender. Uh, <laughs> Slender's just there. The pilots are Slender, Gene, and Denim. It is very funny that one of them is called Slender when Zaku's are so chunky. I, well, I it's think the, um, it's the fit of the denim jeans. <laughs> yeah, the see. slim fit gen- denim jeans. <laughs> Uh, again, I love the shot of them dropping down with the EastEnders opening behind them. Mm. And there's this really <laughs> iconic shot of the sheer weight and size of the Zaku sliding down a hill yeah. and scaring a bird. And now it's time. Uh, it's my summary, and I can gush about the Zaku 2 if oh, I want okay. to. Okay, okay, Kelly okay. Clarkson. If you're listening to this and you somehow don't know what the Zaku 2 looks like, yes, you do, don't lie, but I'll try to describe it. So it's green, it's militaristic, it's nothing flashy. It's got one glowing red eye that can swivel in its visor like a Cylon. It's asymmetrical, with its left shoulder covered in a spiked pauldron and its right with a more angular shield. It has external pipes. The hydraulics, I don't... They look cool. They look cool. Yeah, they're pipes. Uh, So the name Zaku comes from the Japanese term uh, Zako, which means inferior fish. Oh, and uh, it was like designed first and foremost to be a Zacco, an expendable grunt, uh, just a rubbish guy for getting killed. But later on, it became better known as like the common military machine and really symbolized the realism of the, uh, the Gundam series. Because usually your giant robots were uh, protagonists and villains, monster of the week kind of thing. But the Zaku was just a, a weapon, like a, a tank or a fighter plane that was assigned to people, which I think is like just a really nice synecdoche for the, uh, mm. for the philosophy of the show in general. So uh, it can be a bit frustrating trying to find info on the design of a mobile suit. If you go on like Mecha Anime HQ and all that stuff, uh, there's all info that's like, oh, it's equipped with a 120mm Zaku machine gun and it's got an optional cracker grenade, but not much on like Okawara's comments on actually designing it. Yeah. So I went trawling a little bit and I found some interviews with him. There's one in Forbes where he talks about the influence of the powered armor from Starship Troopers, like Max said before, which I think you can really see, but also talking about like 70s and 80s business suits being an inspiration. (laughs) Flight suits and gas masks, you can see that. The the Battlestar Galactica Cylons, but they were also apparently inspired by the fucking robot guys from a Barbarella poster. Oh, nice. And I looked them up, and they're called the Leathermen. <laughs> so that's fun. See, and this is this is the thing in general. Um, we're trying to make sure we do our due diligence and research while making these shows. I cannot stress enough, the Gundam fan community is very focused on lore and specs. Yeah. 
but they really don't like breaking kayfabe. Uh, I don't get to see a lot of the behind the curtain stuff without doing some heavy digging. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I love the fact that uh, the the people on, like, the deep end of Gundam are, like, that entrenched in that stuff. But it's like... I, I'm a wrestling fan. I, I like watching the wrestling and getting involved in the fake story they're telling us on TV. Mm. At the same time, it's kind of nice appreciating the the creation of the farce, you know? Like, yeah. the... The, the theatrics and the effort that go into the making of it and it's really weird how with Gundam you don't get a lot of that it's, it's... like like as, as somebody who really likes the model kits um, being able to you know have somebody talk about what went into designing the mecha is so much more interesting to me than oh Amaro's dad designed it this way because it would look like parade colours you know yeah it's like I don't, I don't want to hear shit about what Tim Ray does with his <laughs> he sucks He's a bad dad. I can tell you how many bullets it can hold. <laughs> I heard a tiny fiend voice and I wanted to uh, investigate. <laughs> I'm the little <clears throat> bullet goblin. So I do have a couple of quotes from Okawara that mm. I'm going to read. Um, okay. So I've got one from an interview with Sankei newspaper in 2015. And he says, um, for Mobile Suit Gundam, the Zaku was originally not meant to go on sale. So I was given a lot of freedom with the design and a lot of fun designing it. Uh, director Yoshiyuki Tamino only had a single design request for me, and that was the mono eye. Other than that, I designed everything else myself. Oh, From wow. the, the Forbes one that I mentioned before, he said as well, in terms of the Xeonic designs in the original Gundam I got really involved in were the Zaku, Goof, and Dom. So these were the ones I worked hard on. <laughs> which I, I love that concept of just being like that same sort of Tamino thinking of like the execs are saying we have to make these changes. Fuck it, just push it out every right. You know. the, the thing is, right, it's the, the Zaku, the Goof, and the Dom are the, probably the three better designs. For I know, right? I found another one uh, in an NHK interview for the 40th anniversary uh, where he said, um, I had complete freedom. All Tomino wanted was a mono-eye. Everything else after that was entirely up to me. Before coming into this industry, I worked with apparel, so the Zaku had a business suit sort of design. After hearing about the mono-eye, it took me only about a week to turn around a design. The second draft became the final draft. They really let me do whatever I wanted. So I, I like to think that's why it's the Zaku 2 as well, uh. but I, that's just me... Uh, connecting the dots that's cool you know i mean it was either that or it's because they really wanted to have that dog shit zaku one design <laughs> dog shit like i i love zaku too zaku one can fuck right off <laughs> so anyway the uh slim fit denim jeans team are here to spy on the colony well, that's slenders get slender they're like slender go wait in the hangar we don't like you slender fuck off we're yeah. you're you're we're, it's just denim jeans time yeah because slender's like he has to he has to watch he has to keep watch Keep a lookout on the yeah. outside. See if that arm comes back. See if that arm comes back. I, w I will say there was a really nice shot after they landed of, like, the colony. And it's like, I guess, like, if you were unfamiliar with, like, Gundam in general, mm. um, to kind of showcase what a beautiful colony this is. You would be like, unfamiliar at this time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, they kind of, like, oh, they've built a new earth. There's a mountain. Oh, so pretty. There are cute birds. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Ha, 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 ha. And when the Zaku fell down, I was like, oh, he's sitting to appreciate the birds. And it's not, he just fell down. <laughs> just a clumsy He's got his, his bird in binoculars out. <laughs> yeah. Max, did we interrupt you before with a... No, I just had the realisation that I, I wonder if the names of the Zaku 2 pilots is actually a nod to Okawara's history with, with fashion. Oh, God, yeah! <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I, I don't think he would have been involved in character naming, but I can see someone else handling the naming doing that as a nod. 
That's cute. Oh, I hope so. That that better be true. <laughs> it is now. You know what? I'm going to regurgitate that on the internet. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, one of them, I thought it was Slender, but it's not Slender, is it? Is it Jane? He does some binoculing from the big Zaku hand. Zakus don't have zoom lenses in the camera, I guess. <laughs> so he's standing on the hand. It moves by himself. I don't know how they get it to move when it's they're not in the cockpit. It's such a funny little gesture. Like, just like, oh, I'll just cup my breast. Just... <laughs> You know, that, that's the thing. If you're um, any people listening that uh, have breasts, so all of you, you do like a cupping kind of maneuver. And if it feels like there's a lump or uh, <laughs> a man with binoculars, then uh, go and get that checked out. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, if you're not careful, that man with binoculars will uh, disobey his mission parameters mm. and create <laughs> do, a crisis. Yeah, mm. Do some war crimes. Uh, yeah, yeah. But he's looking through the uh, the binoculars and he says, oh, there's not a person in sight. Oh, there's nobody out. Wait, there's a car. And also there's a child. Ooh. And in our next segment, we meet our lead characters, sort of. Well, first we meet the lead girl. Frau Bo. <laughs> Which is the stupidest name ever. Frau Bo Let's is the girl. name the girl character. It feels mean to call anyone vapid in this show but uh, there's not a lot to 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 a character named her name literally means girl yeah she's just the girl <laughs> she, she she serves tea she Tomino looks after children apparently said that she's of german descent which does mean that her name being frau is even worse that's even worse you shouldn't say that and it isn't like because is Bo? i mean that's bow isn't it but that'd be building she's girl building that's not that's not true. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, she seems like a lead, but that's actually a trick that uh, the universe played on not only the audience, but Tomino himself. <laughs> I love Amy Rose, uh, mostly thanks to the, the, the freeway Sonic the comics where she had a crossbow and she was cool. But she, she was just like pink Sonic in a dress, uh, yeah. like Miss Pac-Man. And, and Frau Bo is just, just that. She's Amaro, 18 months HRT. <laughs> but she goes in and she's like, hey... It's me, Frau Bo. Amaro, what you doing, baby? No, she just screams Amaro several times. <laughs> yeah, because Amaro is busy having a big old micro-obsession episode where he's just not noticed anything around him. Yep, yep. You know what? Yeah, so Amaro, physically, he is the Chris Pratt of Gundam. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, now you're going to make me not like... Oh, shit. Wait, he's wait, a perfectly sorry. generic boy. I'm so sorry to interrupt again. We can't talk about Amaro yet. Why not? Because right, okay. So Frauvo runs into the house screaming Amaro. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna got, cover oh, right, that. Okay, I, just, sorry, I need sorry. to establish Amaro sorry, for no, some reason here. Then. I'm getting the character bits out the way. Sorry, it's just you didn't mention like one of the most important parts of this episode. Okay. Yeah. You'll 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 get to it. It's, it's coming. Oh baby. <laughs> right, so yeah, many of the designs in Gundam being a more realistic show are just normal men. Just innocent men. <laughs> <laughs> and Amaro is is he's the Lego man from the Lego movie. Oh my god, that's why his dad is the only character with purple hair. Because he's not an innocent man. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're all normal men. They are all Apart normal men. Apart from the crazy sci-fi <laughs> scientist man. Oh, fuck. who built the gun. But yeah, I also hate that Amaro is introduced in his vest and boxes. Just really hate that. Yeah. Uh, and then the other character that is introduced is Harrow. Harrow is a ball. Anyway. <laughs> Amaro's house interior is extremely 70s. It's all oh like pink God, yes. on the inside. I love it. It's I love the pink, decor. Yeah. I prefer a, a floating harrow, like in Seed, mm. where they flap around like yeah. tropical birds. That's just yeah. nice. Uh, so Frau Bo comes in. She fusses over Amaro, not having had breakfast. She has a nice little green outfit on. She has a nice little green outfit on. She lifts up a, a, a ghost on the table <laughs> and there's a sandwich underneath. <laughs> 
and she runs upstairs to find him. Her role in this scene is a microcosm of her presence in the show. She's Amaro's mum. It begins. And maybe girlfriend, but mostly mum. It's, like, it's the same thing. It's the same thing in this in this series. I want to be clear. My wife is not my mum. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, you have missed the most important bit of that scene. Okay, okay. Okay, so Harrow, the little ball. The ball, yep. Yep. So Frau runs upstairs screaming Amaro. Yep. And then Harrow follows. Oh, by growing arms and little feet to hop up the stairs. It's very important. I didn't think that actually, I didn't think the limbs appeared until a later episode. I completely had that pass me by. It's it's the most important part of this. The most important thing. It's the most important part of this episode. You know what? Yeah. No, to say it's my favorite character, I really glossed (laughs) over that. I'm putting in all the work for you. You're such a fake hero fan. Oh no. I think I would also like to mention that um, Alex and I watched it together and make our notes at the kind of like the same time. We will make so all the same jokes. I, I'm very sorry if it seems like I'm just like, no, Alex, I'm jumping in. Because like, it's just because we were watching it at the same time. So I just want to make sure that everyone knows that I'm not just a dick. Sorry, I coughed again. I'm watching it from the other end of the UK. And when I interrupt for a joke, it's fresh original material. Mm. Okay, you can go on. Which is great because I've, I've got one note that I have to interject later when I'm vibrating to say it because it's not even a good note, but it just reads like a great band name. <laughs> so prepare for that later on. Amro's, uh, as we said before, hyperfixating on a computer, which is also a microscope, or might be a very small computer under the microscope, I'm not sure which. And he hasn't noticed that there's been an evacuation order because he's um, he's got a brain thing, hasn't he? <laughs> he's got with computers, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's forgot to eat, hasn't he? Oh, he's just like me, for real. Uh, he's a new so. type of person with a <laughs> new type of disorder. <laughs> Can you imagine if it was just like new guy? New guy just dropped... <laughs> Um. Um, I think it's interesting to know as well that he greets Harrow but not Fraubo I had water in my mouth (laughs) I fucking hate this guy Harrow's like really cute and he's like oh I'm so happy that you greeted me and I'm just there like my my little heart is like breaking I'm just like who ordered this adorable little friend in War is Bad (laughs) anime so they gotta evacuate because the Earth Federation's new warship is arriving because the soldiers are very shy and they don't want all the kids to see their work in progress gunpla as they load them on the ship. Which means that the Zaku's picked a very good day to show up, isn't they? <laughs> Serendipity. Mm. So while Amaro puts on his little trousers, a frau waits outside. She sees supporting character Hayato in a little car. Hayato says, hey, fuck Amaro, that guy sucks. If his dad, a military engineer, didn't come to the colony, we wouldn't have to evacuate. Which... Fair. Gentrification is worse when there are guns involved. And then in my notes, I've written guntrification. <laughs> I also think it's not Amaro's fault that he's related to a war crime man, you know? He hasn't done any war crimes yet. Exactly. Uh, I, I mean, that, like... Tim Ray's terrible haircut and colour <laughs> is some sort of war crime. Oof. And also, like, they destroyed Australia. Half the Tem- population. Tem- Tenray didn't died. do that. He didn't push the bloody no, colony think, out of orbit. It, it is not fully established at this point that Australia stuff. has a hole. Yeah, Australia's fine at this point. I just think Hayato should be a bit chiller about stuff. Yeah, especially considering. Ooh. You know, because, like, <coughs> at the end of the day, they are. It is wartime, you know. They are about to be attacked mm. by, like, terrorists. I don't know. I'm, mm, I agree with Hayato here, because, like, uh, Frau Bose says, Oh, are you bitter about us being rehomed to make space for a military base? And he's like, No, it's not like that. When he should be like, Yeah, why aren't you? <laughs> that sucks. I just think if you're in an active wartime 
and half the population died. If half the population died, there's room. I just think... You don't have to put it here where there's civilians. I put just... it somewhere else. It's space. Space. It's a big space, you know? Everyone is way too chill about stuff, considering that eight months ago, half the population was killed. <laughs> That's what <coughs> I mean. Like, I just, I just think, like... You know, can you actually you'd be on yeah, high alert. In the next shot, Amaro drives out in his little car, <laughs> eating a little sandwich, wearing a little denim outfit, and half of everyone he knows died eight months ago. Yeah. Like, Oof. and he's just fine. The car only has the top half of the steering wheel. It makes me really angry. Oh, so what you're saying is Amaro should already be traumatized. I hate Amaro so <laughs> much right now. Be fair, I don't think that everyone knew each other considering the population of maybe side seven just was largely unaffected you know it was like 50 percent of all the huge yeah it could have been like the 50 percent on the left couldn't it yeah i'm saying it's not like this ain't like the thanos snap it hasn't just meaningfully chosen half <laughs> the population for maximum drama you think thanos is connected to tem ray's hair <laughs> no but he <laughs> does are. look a lot like a rick dom <laughs> <laughs> oh the horrors of war oh um, also, I don't know if, if you're going to mention it, but as Frabo gets into the car... And is it when Harrow gets off. in the back of the car? <laughs> when Harrow gets back in, in the back of the car, and then Harrow like, inflates to three times his original size, like Violet Beauregard behaviour, like fucking Harrow hyperinflation. It's horrible. No, it's when Frabo's like, Amaro, it's bad manners to eat and drive. <laughs> so never mind that she's been like, hey, we need to get out of here. They're literally doing evac right now. She's like, I best scold this unusual uh, love interest of mine just so he knows I'm in charge. Finish your sandwich first, son. I mean, boyfriend. <laughs> we learn from Arrow that his dad went to Earth a week ago, uh, he says. But then we cut to the Federation giving orders to load the components onto White Base, <laughs> revealing that the White Base turning up has led a Xeon ship to the colony. Damn them! Uh, side note, there's like a little tube-based conveyor uh, for zero-G transport in this. And it's like, I, I grab onto the tube. Woo, let's go. <laughs> Love it. But yeah, so now they've got the white base. They should have no trouble crushing Xeon. And then this is my bit where I was talking about the white base a little bit. But Max already covered most of it. Like, it's it's a base that's white. It's um, Except it's not anymore, is it? Because um, Sunrise said it had to have colours. Tamino hates the white base. Uh, he hates its stupid colours. He hates that it isn't aerodynamic. Which I don't <laughs> think is a problem in space. Well, yeah, thing is, it looks like a fucking... A big uh, sphinx. Well, I was going to say like a chimera, because it's got like bird aspects. Well, sphinxes are also... They've got wings, haven't they? Mm -hmm. It looks like oh, a yeah, big sphinx to me. With its legs it looks and... like it's supposed to transform, and it drives me insane. So, I, I, in my notes on it, it reminds me of the Transformers Armada Optimus Prime I used to have, that could like fold out into a big loader playset, or a big pair of pants for Optimus. Um, yeah. uh, mine had like a maroon and navy instead of red and blue colour scheme I, I don't know if it was like an off-brand one this, is, this isn't relevant I, I think that was standard, our model was a bit weird when, when they introduced the white base and there's like that first shot of it there's like these beautiful little sparkles that twinkle mm. on and off and that filled me with so much joy <laughs> also I found it funny when the guy on white base was like oh now we've got this, we'll crush the on we're gonna get them and they all die by the end of the episode it's just, just some dramatic irony for Shouldn't you. Shouldn't have said that. Eh? <laughs> hey, it, it is one thing people are good at in Mobile Suit Gundam. It's dying. <laughs> we meet Bright Noah, and he goes to speak to Amaro's dad, who is not on Earth. He's, He's on. And he goes to speak to Tiny Tim, who did not die. <laughs> Muppet, Muppet's Christmas Cow. Um, <laughs> but he's like, oh, yeah, so symmetrical docking is about to commence. And Tim is like, 
hey, Bright, how long have you been in the military? And Bright's like, six months. He says, oh, how old are you, Bright? And he says, I'm 19. He and doesn't look it. That's a fucking ah! It's like, if you, I don't know, no, if you've seen pictures of teenagers from the 70s and 80s where they just look like unbearably old, it's <laughs> like when you look at a footballer from the 80s and you're like, that man's in his 50s. I'm going to, I'm going to Google 80s teen. One I second. Ju- I just, he just, he doesn't look 19. I, I also want it to be Oh God. Oh, that's just Ferris Bueller, innit? Yeah. Uh, well, that's he was 18 <laughs> when he did that role. Yeah, so Bright actually, he says, oh, I'm 19, and then he bursts out laughing. He says, nah, I'm just kidding, I'm 35. Yeah, the whole show has no idea how humans age. Yeah. It's like the fucking age scale in a Souls game when it goes up to 255. So, Amaro's dad looks at a picture of Amaro. It's a very funny picture of Amaro because it, it looks like a school picture. <laughs> <laughs> like he's not making any expression. It's just a square cut out of the reference sheet. <laughs> Look, if you're the sort of person who's uncomfortable getting photographed, then it is 100% accurate. Fair. You know yeah. what? Fair. Uh, no pictures of uh, Tem's wife. Weird. Just <laughs> because uh, she's busy being Amro's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be weird if he had a picture of Frau Bo. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, my God. But Tem says, uh, hey, when we have 100 Gundams, we won't have to use child soldiers. Won't that be nice? <laughs> and then we cut to the Xeon ship that's followed the arriving white base, the Musai, and then it's Char. <laughs> and his silly hat. And he's... Uh. <laughs> in an interview with all the anime in 2015, Tomino said, I created Char and Amaro simultaneously because to construct the framework of the drama, we needed to create them together. And when asked, is Char more central than Amaro or vice versa, he said... Uh, that's a very difficult question to answer. In creating drama, Char becomes the dramatically strong character. Amaro was put in as the main character. Uh, it was hard to make Amaro as strong a character as Char. Amaro was a very ordinary person, so it was very hard. Oof. He's just a normal man. He's just a normal man. Yeah, well, the only thing you need to know about Char is that he is an Aryan. <laughs> and he likes the colour red. I mean, he was conceived to be the Red Baron. Because uh, Tomino said in another interview he wanted to illustrate the chaos produced by wars. And as such, many of Char's actions were similar to uh, Richtofen's, uh, the Red Barons in, in World War I. Oh, uh, wow. Such as being reused in later Gundam anime. <laughs> <laughs> but, He's also the only one not wearing green. He, he just loves the colour red. He's a freak. Just all the Xeon guys are all in green except him. But there's a quote from Tamino that I really liked where he said, um, When I studied the Red Baron's career, I found out that one soldier, no matter his achievements, does not affect the overall result of the war at all. I learned that from World War I. Uh, and I just think, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. that's uh, an interesting thing, uh, an interesting take to have on the cool custom ace pilot guy. Yeah. You know. But also, his visual design was definitely based on Prince Sharkin from Brave Rideen <laughs> in uh, 1975. Which is, of course, a show that um, Yoshikazu worked on with Tamino. Mm. Everyone connects. Everyone connects. Everything is connected. Um, his name is based on uh, French singer Charles uh, Aznavour. Charles. Uh, he's cool. He totally overshadows every other character in this. <laughs> There is no getting around it, is it's like... When when people talk about things like your Vegetas, your Sasuke's, like the, mm-hmm. the anti-hero rival who becomes the most popular character, 
Amaro bears this better than most as the second fiddle, but Char is this charismatic spear from yeah. the heart of the series. He is too popular. He is too loved. Uh, he's my favourite character in the series, of course I'm going to say that. But he, he is just that goddamn good. He's... He's a cocky guy. Again, he gets lionized by others. They talk about his reputation as the Red Comet. You see him in, in action, in this, though, isn't it? you just go like, oh, he's a guy who survives a lot. That's all it is. Mm. It's, um, I, I genuinely believe that, like, you know, for all Tomino uh, really gripes about the changes to the Gundam design and the, 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 the marketability stuff, I do think the thing that made Gundam so fucking such a hit down the line was just the presence of Char. I really think that he is, like you said, the arrow piercing through the heart of that. I love that line. That's a good line. There is a uh, there is a film we have to do when we get to the end of Mobile Suit Gundam, and I think it understands perfectly well who the most important character to MSG is because it is Char's counterattack. Hmm. It's it's not the initial attack by Hammer or whatever. It's it's Char. It's hmm. always Char. Everything is Char. Hell fucking yes. So Char basically says, ah, oh, damn, it's wild that we ran into their secret weapon on our way home from uh, Space Tesco, and it's good that I sent the Zakus ahead to scout it out where it was going to. I think. I think he did that. Because they phone him, and they're like, yeah, we found them, boys. Um, they had su- they had suspicions of it being in uh, Side 7. Mm. That's what led to the initial investigation. That makes sense. It's like they'd, they'd received a tip-off or something. So, Xeon guy Gene says, Ah, uh, oh, if they get their mobile suits on the base, it's going to be bad. I- I'm going to blow them up. And the other guy, Denim's like, No, stop, you're so sexy. And Gene's <laughs> like, Nah, nah, I'm going to do it. Uh, the hand of his Zaku, like, scoops it back up in- into the chest, and he's like, Char would do it, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> uh, and he does it. He fucking gets them. And explosions start going off. There's earthquakes. Things are going up left and right. And we cut to the shelter full of old folks and also Amaro and his mum. And he's like, oh, shit, these explosions are just like a big one. Zaku is here. Fuck, I gotta go. So he says... You know exactly what Amaro's mind is like. He has perfectly imagined what is making these noises Mm. because... That's how, you know, he, he would know. He would listen to the radio, hear every noise a news report has with every mecha making a different noise, and it would get stuck in there because he likes machines. I like that. That's cool. He but also he says, tells all oh. the old people, like, hey, if it is a Zaku, this base won't survive. <laughs> You're all doomed, idiots. <laughs> Shut the door. <laughs> all the old people are like, what? It's the, the best thing is... is, is <laughs> Both not saying that and saying that, you know, great understanding of social cues there, Amaro. Um, <laughs> whichever thing he does in that situation, if it's true that they would die if the attack reached that bunker, then they're dead either way. So I kind of understand mm-hmm. why he said yeah. it. And don't get me wrong, they are dead either way. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he says, I'm going to go and find my dad, see if we can get on the ship. Shut that door. Or don't. I don't care. Uh, They don't shut the door. He runs outside and is almost immediately crushed by ejected shells from the Zaku's massive gun. Yeah. And I think that's a really clever touch to, one, demonstrate that the Zaku are still using ballistic ammo, and two, uh, include, hey, here are some repercussions that you don't think about while shooting your big, big gun. That'll have a really impactful scene later in another one that I can't remember the name of. Is that in Gundam? It's in yeah. There's there's there is a scene later in one of the movies where somebody does get killed by a, an ejected shell from a oh. mobile suit. It's tragic. Uh, I think that may actually be in F Nine One. 
Oh, shit. But yeah, um, so Amaro drives his stupid little car to where he thinks his dad might be. There's soldiers there, and they're like, fuck off, and then they explode and drop important loot. <laughs> oh, I, I 100% love this. This is the most Amaro scene you will ever see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think if anyone questioned, because obviously we are drawing the line over and over again that new type is just a fancy way of going. Tamino is very interested in autism and likes to write about it, uh, as we'll learn in later series. Mm. There is nothing that seems more like my micro-obsession is stronger than my will to live than lying in rubble (laughs) post-explosion, reading through a manual carefully and being like, ah, Dad, this is what you were up to. He's like, he's full on. You you see like a shot of him reacting and he's like, they're dead. Oh, baby, a manual. (laughs) And he he full on just sits directly down on the floor. And it did take, like, whenever I try and clean up my room and I find, like, an old journal or a comic or something, I'm like, oh. And I just sit down in all the trash and also there's two dead guys. And then we get the ad break. And then in the background as well, you have the Zaku stomping around blowing (laughs) shit off. And he's just there like, oh, so that's how you activate the blasters. It's a big book as well. It's fucking huge. It's like a fucking Argos catalogue. In each each page is like laminated summer see-through for overlays. Like it's, this is, this is the top 10 of sci-fi spec manuals and they should have released this as a collectible you could buy. Yeah, That would be fucking cool. Hey, Tomino, if you're listening... Hey. Do that. Do that. I cannot believe we're only halfway through episode one. Let's keep going. I'm so sorry. I've got to go. Okay, so after the break, Slender phones Char and he's like, hey, Wait, dude. I'm so sorry to interrupt. Okay, we're not. <laughs> the the little noise on the title card, the break. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I have to unsilence my phone or this doesn't work. <laughs> It's so perfect. Gold stars all around. Are they saying shoe? Yes. Shoe? Uh, I believe they're saying shoe. Uh, the full clip, of course, is. Who throws a shoe? <laughs> <laughs> As we know. I'm so sorry. <coughs> I try not to interrupt anymore. I just... No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blast through it now. This is it. Oh my god! I joked before we started this about having like four hours of uh, raw audio to we'll edit, just and this it is in a... chunks. And it's fine. Yeah, we can, we can. It's fine. Uh, we can make it work. Sorry, I, I, I'm expecting this uh, first episode to be longer. And I'm going to edit in at this part where I go and say that I reckon this episode's probably going to come in at just over two and a half hours. And where I said two and a half hours, I'm actually going to say two and a half hours. But that will be the time of the episode, not two and a half hours. After the break, Slender phones Char and he's like, hey, they're doing war crimes and firing on civilians and stuff. Yeah, sorry. They're breaking the rules. (laughs) And Char's like, all right, did you get any pictures of the, of the, the stuff, though? Uh, all right, I'll 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 go myself. So that's what he's gonna do. He's gonna go himself. Fuck that though. We're back on the colony. Everyone's leaving the shelters behind to head for the ship because getting stepped on in a in a in a base in a in a bunker is the same as getting stepped on out of a bunker. Uh, Amaro though is still just sat on the floor with his big <laughs> magazine, and we hear Amaro. <laughs> Frobo's like, "What the fuck are you doing, Amaro?" It's Frobo's number one line. She's in the big queue of evacuees and people are getting caught in the crossfire. There's actually a shot of a huge explosion with a bunch of human silhouettes going flying. It's fucking brutal. It is brutal. Like, they really don't shy away from it. It's like, when, when you... We will talk in the next episode of this podcast about how this show did out the gate, mm. but would you believe that perhaps this is too brutal for a young audience? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like that, teens? You like that? Look at all the blood. Uh, anyway. But then... Amaro spots his fucking dad. 
his dad is lifting things up a hill, Kate Bush style. <laughs> and he's like, oh, the Gundam needs to go before the evacuees. That's themes, baby. That's ideology. That's so Amaro runs up. He's like, dad, are mobile suits more important <laughs> to you than human beings? And his dad ignores the question. And tells him to go Just, away. It would have been much funnier if he went like, yes. <laughs> In my notes, I put, I bet he wouldn't have ignored the question if a mobile suit asked him. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I, I have a sound clip of someone saying yes, so I'll play that for his response. Okay. <laughs> dad, uh, what's wrong with you, dad? Uh, so um, his dad is like, right, we can't get up the hill because of explosions. I'm going to go and buy a tractor. Well, no, the engine won't start. The engine won't start. I'm going to go and buy a tractor. It's a crane. I don't know why he says tractor, but he does say tractor. I, I would simply have someone who knows how to pilot the fucking Gundam. <laughs> You'd think that Tem would be able to do it himself. Like, no, no. If I it has to be a child. You know, if I built a robot, I would make sure that I could be in the robot, you know? I don't know. But then there's an explosion. Amaro is fine. His you know, dad doesn't check on him. He's protected by manual powers. But um, we hear again, Amaro and Frau Bo seeing the explosion. She's like, oh, shit. She runs away from the crowd to check on him, which means that she isn't hit by the next one, which just kills everyone that was evacuated. That's when Amaro uses the book to shield himself. That's when Amaro uses the book to shield himself from the the debris. debris. But the fucking explosion behind her, it sends her flying and it's just... We said before that it was brutal, but this is, like, really fucking stark. I genuinely cried at this bit. It's it's a tough thing to fucking watch. They don't, they don't shy away at all, like I said before, but, like... Imagine someone being so pissed off about having to make shows where the robots were more like superheroes that he turned around and said, I'm going to kill so many humans. <laughs> half the population. It's more than half now with these guys, eh? <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, yeah, now it's 50.1%. <laughs> but we, we get some really, like, tough and clear focus on the casualties. Uh, Frau, like, she's she's saying her mum, her granddad, she's, like, sobbing over their bodies. And then Amaro runs up and he's like, Frau, they're going to get you to move. And then he slaps her. You're missing the bit where he's like, Frau, don't give up. Don't give up. Yeah. <laughs> don't give um, up. Blonk. And then she goes... But then he, he does like a second more gentle slap immediately afterwards. Yeah. I don't know. I understand in concept, but she's not that hysterical. It just <laughs> seems like maybe he's learned some bad things from his yeah. father. Mm. Although, as we later learn in the show, not even his father's <laughs> Oh, um... Yeah, so Frau does, she does go away and she's like, has to climb up a, a little mud so that, that's, that's my next it. bit, yeah, it's fucking It's beautiful. so sad, she just can't do it. <laughs> he's like, run, Frau Bo, and she like staggers off. And he's like, run, Frau, and she's like clipping, clipping, up, clipping up the slope like a Skyrim horse. And she like slips back down, but she doesn't fall. She's still upright. It's like the backdrop painting is too realistic for her to climb. So she's just kind of rubbing against. She's hit the matte painting at the edge of the set. That's it. <laughs> you can do it. I don't That's just it. like, Amaro, what That's are you it, doing? Dude, like a horse, go, Ikuzo. And like, he's just smiling as she's like wombling off in the distance. Like, he's crying. Oh, God. It's... That's it, Frabo. Like, and there are, there are, just don't get us wrong, uh, there are corpses everywhere, but it is very funny. It's so funny. It's just, it's one of those things, it's it's presented so seriously that the things <laughs> that are a little silly just completely destroy <laughs> you. I was in hysterics. Oh, 
So he just fucking sprints off. He's way better at running for it than Frowers. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, he doesn't have to climb up a fucking... He has to climb up a Gundam. Yeah, he doesn't but have to climb up a But he's powered by re- revenge now, isn't he? He's Ooh. got revenge in his blood. And there's no tractor in sight, so he just jumps in. He's like, oh, the manual said it'd be like this. Oh, the energy game, more than five times. Ooh. You know. So up at the base, things are going bad. They can't launch a core fighter without blasting open the side's hull. It'd be terrible if that happened. Uh, the, the side is the, the cylinder. But they've sent pilots to get the Gundam. Hopefully it's not got a kid inside. <laughs> I know, maybe Amor should have waited. Mm. There's uh, a shot of the Zaku turning to see the Gundam. And that's really beautiful as well, like every frame of painting. <gasps> oh yeah. I really yeah. like this bit because Amor is just like, he, he's telling the Gundam to rise. Mm. Like in the opening, <laughs> Like in it? the opening! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is the manual so big? That's what, as he's in there, like the, the manual covers up his entire torso. And I do like he almost forgets to bring the manual into the Gundam, then he stops and goes, hmm, manual. <laughs> <laughs> so the Zaku is advancing and Amaro's like, weapons, 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 and fires uh, the head cannon. The laser pellets. Which I hate. It, it never looks good. It, <laughs> it makes sense from a design perspective, but I cannot think of any weapon that looks as bad as the shitty little head vent machine gun bullets not in the series. So Gene in the Zaku is like, oh shit, they were supposed to be unassembled kits. Well, the pilot's bad at being a pilot though, so I'll get him now. Sick burn on Amaro. Sick burn. Amaro fully thinks he's going to die here as the Zaku's guns go off, but luckily for him and for the narrative, the Gundam's armor just like no-sells it uh, because ballistics don't do shit against the blue low platinum armor it's a really clever plot device to ensure that you know amaro can survive being bad at it for a while at the start of the series it's clever so gene's commander denim turns up and he's like fuck's sake this is supposed to be recon come on and there's these these shots with the soundtrack going of the gundam standing up and it is so good freedom fighter gun boy yeah baby the the gun is basically a samurai and as just a big guy it's painted in silly colors tomino tomino hates it I can't pronounce people's names right. But there's a, a quote that I've got from Okawara about uh, designing it. He's saying it was basically meant to be a, a samurai. We originally designed it with a face and a mouth, but it looked strange, so we put a mask over the mouth. Uh, Tamino was working on the story, but at the time I had very little contact with him. I was working most closely with Sunrise's planning team, and my role was to sell the toy idea to the sponsors. So that's... yeah. I don't mind the colours, though. They're, they're iconic yeah, like now. The they probably weren't at the time. It's it's a silly idea in universe, but I, I can get behind them. It's it's become iconic, I would say. It says a lot for all that Tamino has bitched about the colour scheme. It has not gone away. Yeah, yeah. He has, he has made sure that several of his mainline Gundams that he's worked on feature that colour scheme. Hmm. Then the tractor shows up. It's really more of a tow truck. His dad sees the Gundam tottering about and screaming with its head going, and he's like, what kind of attack is that, scrub? But Amaro runs out of headcanon ammo because they only put 12 bullets in and the Zaku advances and Amaro once again panics that he's going to fucking die. Gene gets like a close-up of his face and he's the sweatiest motherfucker in all of Zion. And he's sparkly sweat as well. So Sammy was engaged again. It's shaking in terror. Oh, I'm going to get him, says Jane. But Amaro puts his hand up to the barrel of the gun and just rips it away in what might have been a cool move, but also might just be like a panic gesture. I I couldn't really tell. It it reads as both, which is cool. And he rips off the Zaku's tube muzzle... It looks like a respirator, but I'm assured it's actually part of the camera system by what they then say afterwards. That makes... I was going to say, I thought it was hydraulics, but, like, hydraulics should not be on the outside. That's silly. Um, Also, why would it be a respirator? It doesn't have lungs. 
silly. Yeah, it's I weird, isn't it? Um, but Gene, like, there's this shot of him inside going back, and he's like, oh, he's like you know, screaming, it's really yeah. good. And then the fucking music comes in, the fucking fight music. It's so good. Yeah. Fucking, like, the, the sound design, I, oh. So, yeah, the Zaku's head camera loses power, and it tries to fly away, and Amaro gets the fucking beam sword and leaps and cuts the Zaku just straight in half, and its reactor goes up, which blasts a massive hole in the side of the colony. The music still slaps while this is going on. Um, <laughs> Might be unfitting. The palette keeps switching to just oranges, which mm. is a really nice stylistic choice as well. And then, yeah, there's just this massive fucking hole and Amaro's dad and another engineer just get sucked. Which is appropriate time for me to mention my one note and band name, which is Blow Your Dad Into Space. <laughs> <laughs> That's a ska band, right? I, I think I'm more like a panic sort of project. I would panic if I blew my dad. Into space. Into space. <laughs> this is, believe it or not, being blown out into space is only a minor problem, and so, you know, Amro doesn't exactly get that fucked up by his dad's <laughs> torpedoing out into the great vacuum. Mm. I mean, being blown out into space is it's less dangerous than having an external staircase on your house, isn't it? <laughs> well, of course. I don't know, maybe he just feels good about blowing his dad into space. <laughs> Amro realises... Probably shouldn't set off a nuke every time I'd stab someone. So, yeah, I'll figure this out. And then he precisely and perfectly stabs and kills the pilot only of the other Zaku. Um, oh, him. In a really nice, like, samurai-esque tableau, like Kurosawa shot. It's it's really nice. Oh, yeah. Like, shout, shout out, by the way, at this point to Denim, the saddest piece of shit old man in the world who was <laughs> peer pressured, peer pressured by his younger partner into committing war crimes. I love that he's like, no, don't shoot the Gundam. We're only supposed to be doing recon. And it's like, we weren't saying that when you were blowing up all the civilians. He w- mm. <laughs> yeah, it's coward shit, isn't it? He's just thinking like, yeah, shooting people, that's great. This thing looks like it could hurt me back. Like a reverse Amaro. <laughs> so back with Bright Noah has filled up the Ark. <laughs> uh, <laughs> stupid. But l- literally all the Gundam engineers are dead. And them on top of half of humanity, that's even worse, isn't it? Oof. So Bright's like, all right, Amaro's going to have to do it then, fair enough. I don't know his name is Amaro yet, though. I <laughs> Just don't know whoever's in there. there, they've got to help. It better not be a kid. I'm 35. But also um, 19. And then it cuts to command of the bridge, and they immediately explode also, because Char is just like, I've done missiles again. And it cuts to Char, and Char's like, where's Slender? Nobody likes to admit the mistakes of youth. Char's apparently 19. <laughs> no, he's not. He's 35. <laughs> No, Char, Char, I will defend here, is the one character who looks his age. I, you think? Like, he looks about fucking mid-30s. I would well, say maybe mid-20s. Maybe it's the mask. Maybe, maybe it's, it's Maybelline. Maybelline. Fucking shit. <laughs> so Char says that and then fires off two more missiles just to, like, punctuate it. I think he's just pissed that all his Zaku's have blown up. <laughs> He's like, you fucking what? And then that's, that's expensive. it. No, it's not it. That's the end of episode one. That's because not we, the we get the preview for the next one. We get the will you be able to survive? And I'm like, yeah, probably. It's all a TV show. And then there there is the outro song. Is that where Amuro? <laughs> How many anime endings address the characters personally? Amuro, you should have a nice time. Amuro, you've gotta do it. Get in the robot. <laughs> 
I'm not gonna lie, I made absolutely zero notes about the ending because I just do not rate most anime. If it's not, if it's not Mr. Raindrop, I don't give a shit. It's it's good. It's like there it's are very. There are lots of anime endings that are very good, mm. and this one is one of them. This one's pretty good. It's like don't look back in Amaro. I heard you say. <laughs> so that's funny. I didn't really take any notes other than the fact that I was amazed that it was like personalized to at like <laughs> Amaro. <laughs> Amaro would be very Britpop, wouldn't he? <laughs> that's and that's so. my nine hours recap of a twenty minute <laughs> TV show. Fuck. We'll save feelings until we're through all three. Smart. But I've just, I've just got to say, this is like one of the best first episodes of an anime I've ever seen. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Like, it, you set the tone, you fuck up the tone so it's even worse. You're like, half of, half of humanity's dead. Wow, I'm glad it was in the past eight months ago. Oh, shit. <laughs> Look at all those dead civilians. They're fucking dead. And you know what? It, it's such a shame, because obviously we look at it differently now, but um, as we'll go into in the future, nobody watched this and even less liked it. Yeah. Like, it's... The world was not ready for an anime this fucking good. (laughs) Let's continue talking about it. Episode 2. Destroy Gundam. Destroy Gundam. So we have the same, like, sort of sting as before about how war is bad, everyone's dead, blah, 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 blah. And we get the title card, we get some cool music. I don't know the technical terms for music, sorry. The you know, when it, like, does a little... Music? Yeah. So things are blowing up, and I think this is inside... I don't think it's in White Base, it's in, like, Side 7's military port bit. The dock? The dock. Um, so things are blowing up in there, and then someone releases big pink bubbles that just burst and glob up and stop all the air from being sucked out. So it's fine that Amro blew a hole in the side because... They fix it. They have, like... Do you think some huge pink bubbles followed Amaro's dad out when he got sucked? And just, like, He's just spegged up the now. hole? Yeah. Well, so you don't see it for that hole, so I like to assume that they cared more about stopping it in the hangar, but they really just... They saw Tim Ray getting sucked out, and they just thought, man, that guy blows. I imagine <laughs> someone had to, like, press a button... Yeah, they're like, and deploy like, tactical spaff. Most of them are, like, dead, so... <laughs> <laughs> Quick, somebody, tune a hubba bubba. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, um, the last of the civilians are getting onto the white base. Frau Bo is there, and she's throwing children through hoops. Can I interrupt? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. There is a woman in the civilians yeah. who's, like, looking for her kid. Oh, but she's, yeah. like, looking at the screen and crying. She's like, please, where's my Yuri? And I'm like, yeah, I felt the same after <laughs> Witch from Mercury episode 12. <laughs> Oof. Where's my Yuri? Why haven't they kissed yet? Why haven't they kissed yet? Anyway. Oh. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, Frau Bo is there. She's throwing children about. Um, <laughs> and then there's a big explosion and they're all going to die. Ah! Except then, no, a giant hand comes down. Mm. And instead of squashing them, it protects them from the explosion. Listen to you. <laughs> that, is, that is a mirror, you know, the past and the future meeting together in that moment of what you can do <laughs> with a Gundam's hand. Yeah, Amuro puts his big big Gundam hand down and saves him and he's like Fraubo it's me Amaro go to safety (laughs) Fraubo's like what what happened (laughs) why are you so big now you got a hen so then we cut to a new character who I found out later was called Ryu I don't know if 
like he gets introduced. But I, I have a lengthy section in the next part of the, the summaries where I am just going to give out about how much I do not like Ryu Jose. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. Get his ass. Get his ass. So Ryu is there with the captain... And he's going to take over the controls, but, oh, then they all get shot. Yeah, oh. because the, the captain's like, I have to man a gun. And Ryu's like, couldn't somebody else do that? <laughs> you're, right, you're the captain, you probably shouldn't be here. And then he gets all shot up, and it's like a really, really physical, meaty really impact. Me- yeah. And there's just so much shit in him, and Ryu's like, <laughs> uh, uh. Then we cut to Slender, going back to Char's ship which I can't remember its name. Moose, the Mar- Musai? Musai. And he just like floats up into it. He's just like, whoo. Um, and Charles like, thanks for like following orders on like that other guy. Um, <laughs> and he totally doesn't believe Sender about the Gundam being there and it being good and scary. And he opens a laser communication panel with Vice Admiral Dozzle. Is it Dozzle, Dozzle. or Dozzle? Uh, I had it as Dozzle. Dozzle. And in my notes, I don't, I, I don't know if they have the conversation there if they talk later. Because that was, I think it's later. Then we cut back to Fraubo, who's hanging out with some children because she's the girl. She has the um, biologically predetermined caring nature because of her estrogen-based endocrine system. I just when you have when you have ovaries, no, when you have estrogen, when you mm, when you are no, what? no, I don't know. It's really hard to go and be gender essentialist when you don't believe in that shit. <laughs> I know that. Right, not all women have ovary. Oh, mm, uh, mm, mm. look right. Just channel your inner turf. Write a book about a shit wizard. I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't have any turfness in me. I'll do it. I'm bare. I'm empty. <laughs> I'm barren. Oh god. <laughs> it's not important. It just it really frustrates me when like oh it's the girl in the anime and they only like stereotypically girly things. I'm like fuck off. Ooh. It's a it's an anime about giant robots and war crimes and Ooh. you couldn't think of anything interesting for Frau Bo to do. Anyway, anyway, she goes and helps with the medical effort because she's the woman, she can tie a bandage. And we meet the other woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because tying a bandage, it's kind of like making a little dress for your Barbie, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, it's like doing needlepoint, you know, yeah. just with flesh. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Hellraiser taught me that. <laughs> flesh needlepoint. Oh. Is a character from later in this? Oh no! I will. I will say we are literally about to be introduced to two far more capable yep. women that yep. get better roles. It's like you've immediately got to this point. Tamino's gone. Like I've given up on this woman. She is <laughs> yeah. now at the place for all of our bad attitudes towards women in society. She actually is these stereotypes. Now here are two better ones. Going on about the better ones, we meet Sailor. Is it Sailor or Sailor? Uh, Sailor? Sailor. And she's got a cool pink outfit, which makes me believe that people can only wear one colour in this universe. Her hair is like a wedge of Dairy Lee cheese. It is, yeah. Baby belt, someone took some bites out of. <laughs> so they go off and help with the medical effort, and Frabo there is, like, actually bandaging up the captain. And they do, like, some really weird shots where people react to his wounds, mm. but you don't see his wounds or any blood. So you just see him, like, struggling to lift his heavy, heavy phone. <laughs> but yeah, horrors of war, after blah, 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 war is bad. So the Xeon ship has stopped firing, and they're talking about, oh, oh, they've stopped firing. That's good, because, you know, they've wiped out all the defence personnel. Every soldier and engineer at Side 7 has been killed. Fuck. <laughs> Brad just casually dead. informs the captain. <laughs> and Frabo was just there like, uh, mm-hmm. uh. So they talk about um, the Gundam getting, like, loading on the gun tank and the gun cannon onto White Base. Uh, they don't know who's piloting the Gundam. 
<laughs> and Frabo is just there, like... Like, she's got, like, the Metal Gear exclamation mark above her head. <laughs> and doesn't say anything. Um, I guess she doesn't want to get Amory in trouble because, you know, she's too busy looking out for his ass. Mm. Um, That's my son! <laughs> Captain is like, oh, once they've put those other gun things on the ship, we'll get going. Uh, and Bright's like, but who will pilot the ship? Implying that there's only one person who can fly the ship and it's the captain, who is full of shit now. <laughs> well, maybe they're dead. I don't know. Uh, but a woman speaks up saying she can pilot and she's called Mirai and she is from a famous family. The Yashimas. What they are famous for, we are not told. They're famous, Sammy. They're just famous. I also like, I like her outfit. She's wearing a nice little green outfit mm. with like a red scarf. Mm. Um, anyway. Because so, colour coding. Yeah. So we cut to Zeon ship back. And I can't I've already forgotten if it's Dozzle or Dozzle. Doozle. Doozle. <laughs> Bitching about Char not showing up to his own victory party. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm like, this is really isn't making these guys seem like good. You ghosted me, Char. My mm. roast is ruined. <laughs> Char is like, really professional just like well actually we found their secret project and their new battleship so hmm ooh, <laughs> ooh. ooh. Zachary's, please Char the Red Comic strikes again and then Dozel's like well I'm less pissed now I guess and then Char's like oh if you're less pissed I'll ask for uh, some more supplies <laughs> <laughs> and Dozel's like you'll have them which is nice because he didn't have to fill out any paperwork um, yeah. but then he's pissed some more because Char lost some Zachary's I like Dozel is surprised that they've run through their supplies already, and like obviously we've had at least one Zaku get blown up already in this mission. But that also implies that they literally got all their ballistic ammunition in the Musai, and they've just been firing it non-stop at side seven and ran out. Well, because Char keeps firing two missiles every time he says a line. <laughs> well, I think it's implied that Char is coming back from a mission already. He was in space, Tesco. Oh in- yeah, so he yeah he would have used some up then. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Dozel agrees to send some more and Charles salutes and... Charles? <laughs> Charles salutes. And I don't know why I put that in my notes, but I just put Charles salutes and it's funny. Oh, so I have that in my notes about... um Because it, it, it doesn't look like they've animated the full-on salute um as oh. a separate gesture, as a separate pose. It's that they he does a salute as halfway through the um the getting up animation and they just hold on that frame. <laughs> it's, it's very economical, actually. Because they, they do it again in the next episode. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Char asks for free commando, saying they won't wait for the supplies. In war, you must think two or three moves ahead of the enemy, <laughs> saying that if Slender escaped, they can sneak in, uh, which I don't really think applies, but okay. I guess they want to show how smart and cool Char is with his silly hat on. <laughs> so then Char and three other dudes just literally float off into space to try and sneak into side seven. Char is very visible. Very visible, because he's in bright red <laughs> and everyone else is in, like camo green Mm. cut back to the captain being wheeled around the bridge on a bed and someone's like oh a boy named Abero is piloting the Gundam and the (laughs) captain is like never heard of him (laughs) Um, more burns for Amaro I found the cockpit of like white base was really weirdly designed because it's like yeah there's like it kind of opens out like you've got like the view screen I guess that takes up most of it. Then there's like a little podium for the driver. Then there's like the special captain's chair, Mm. implying that he doesn't actually drive the thing, that someone else sits in the chair. And then there's just like a podium in the middle with two guys just kind of doing stuff. They're they're the navigators, so they have to be high up so they can see further. They're just just hanging out there six feet apart because they're not (laughs) (laughs) getting So then Bright has like a hissy fit because he's like, it's a child, some 
child is piloting the Gundam. And it's like, there's only four years between you and Amaral, Brian. Chill <laughs> what out. Mean, it's 35. They have. Oh, God. Whenever there's, like, a scene in, like, the cockpit or the bridge or whatever you want to call it, it always makes me laugh because it's, like, a little screen that goes into the Gundam. So they have, like, a little screen in the Gundam and Amaro's just there on this, like, tiny little <laughs> screen. And I'm like, why is the screen so small? Uh, Mirai's like, oh, that boy is well known for his love of machines. I am the exposition person. I, I actually really like this the exchange because they're like, um, she's like, oh my God, is that fucking Amaro in there? Fuck's <laughs> sake. They're like, do you know him? She's like, I know he's a prick. <laughs> um, her outfit is more green now because they forgot that her collar was yellow <laughs> and just colored it green. So Amaro says he was only able to take out the Zaku thanks to the Gundam's abilities, which I I mean, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't have done much on your own, Amaro. In your little car, like, trying he's, to run them over. He's not Master Asia. <laughs> uh, and Bright, like, just freaking shouts at him, like, what are you doing here? And it's like, Bright, he's helping. <laughs> Chill out. Everyone's dead. <laughs> Bright wants to get rid of him, but the captain is like, only if there's no other pirates. Pilots. Oh, my <laughs> God. Pilots. I said pilots. Leave me alone. Well, as there isn't any <coughs> pilots. So we cut back to the colony, and guess who's helping injured civilians? It's Bravo and Sailor. Women's work. Women's work. So they're mm. heading out via the tube, the special <laughs> tube, um, to look for anyone that's left before they just get the fuck out of here. Um, someone runs past and Frau's like, oh, have you seen any of the survivors? And the person who is called Kai is like, beats me. I barely made it here myself. God, so you, Kai fucking sucks. <laughs> so you know straight away that the show wants you to know that he's a fucking asshole. He sucks at the start. He, he gets sucks. development later though, right? I mean, Does he? I don't I think mean, he will. I mean, yes, he does get development, no. but, like, they've literally designed him as the, the shit weasel character, you know? Mm. Like, he's, even when he's good, he's not great. Because he's, he's very self-interested, which is an understandable stance in war. And I think uh, that yeah. might be the point. But he is also just kind of a sarky shit. <laughs> I mean, my notes on him say uh, he's the second person to have purple hair after Amor's dad. Oh, yeah. Tem Ray's real son. He's a weasel boy. He's a weasel boy. Uh, he looks like he'd grow up to become a serial killer, mm. but that might just be the fake fan in me talking. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so he's like, ooh, and then he gets he gets in the entrance to the tube and he's like, are you guys coming? What the fuck are you doing out there? And Sailor just runs straight up to him and slaps him. Get just, him. Just fucking gets him, calling him a coward. This is the bit they forget to line her little shirt underneath her pink coat, so it just looks like her skin is blue from the neck down. And she's like, a coward like you should be left here at side seven. And I'm like, no, that would also kind of be a war crime. <laughs> so don't... Anyway, um, he's like... I mean, he's, he's one of the last pilots they have available, technically. Mm. I mean, he's pilot something later. He's forklift cer- certified. <laughs> yeah. he, he's gun tank certified. <laughs> they're sort of certified. No! I, I don't want to be gun tank certified, no! Everyone on this colony can just drive a big boat, you know? <laughs> Guy's like, well, look at you on your high horse. I know you, you're a silent. He doesn't use honorific, so she's like... Don't talk to me like a street punk. Which is really funny because she just literally went up to him and assaulted him. Get but, you know, don't talk to me like, oh, whatever. Well, it indicates maybe she's of some sort of noble descent. <laughs> Ooh. That's um, a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe she's just, I mean, maybe everyone's just very hyped up and because, you know, of all the death and trauma going around. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> it was my turn this time. <laughs> so her and Fravo just run off and... 
Kai gets sort of like roped into helping an injured man with Ryu, who was there also, mm. um, but didn't say anything. Ryu makes this like smirk, doesn't he? He's yeah. like, oh, she sure did slap that oh, guy. Oh, I didn't stop this unnecessary assault. <laughs> I'm a good officer. Anyway, then we cut to the space outside of side seven, and it's time for charge char shenanigans. <laughs> he still has a silly hat because obviously he has a different hat to what he was wearing when he was inside the boat yeah, now he's outside in, yeah he's in a but it's a silly helmet it's got like the silly bits on anyway I did put he must commission them all to be matching um, he, he does they have to be red they have to have a horn <laughs> there's a big sparkle which I enjoyed the big Xeon ship is going to shoot the side 7 space gate so Char and his friends can get in at the side unnoticed then he goes back to the bridge and Mariah's like oh no another attack and Bright is like Captain can I kill Amaro I mean what do we do about Amaro <laughs> and there's a really funny visual because the Gundam is like in a hangar below them like they're looking down mm. on the Gundam and it's like oh yeah look at this giant space station and then Amaro is just on a tiny screen in the corner <laughs> <laughs> the tiny screen send me honestly I don't know so Captain tells Bright to give the Gundam a beam rifle so it can destroy any remaining Gundam parts so Char can't see them. <laughs> He's a bit young to go into battle, but historically there have been 15-year-old soldiers before. <laughs> we shouldn't use child soldiers, but they did in the past, so it's fine. It's probably okay. And then there's just this really long shot of the captain just grimacing in silence. He's, he comes like when he says that, doesn't oh. um, it's like it's like a proper like ah oh, I shouldn't have said that in trouble. <laughs> Amaro is like upset because he's like, well, we could make more. I don't want to destroy the Gundam bits. I want to make more Gundams because I like machines and Gundams are cool. And Bright's like, we have to protect our secrets, Amaro. Do, do, do. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then he <laughs> he's like, do you know what to do, Amaro? And Amaro is like, I could use that super napalm thing. <laughs> <laughs> I have a note for this, which is just, Amaro is right, napalm is based, let kids use it. <laughs> <laughs> it is time for the super napalm thing. Super napalm. Leave it to him. Oh. <laughs> yes, Amaro is the super napalm. Oh, Amaro. Just super napalm. Super just... napalm all over them. <laughs> So then we cut to Frau in a car, shouting for any civilians to evacuate. There is a dog. Very sad the dog will die, probably. Actually, yeah. Yeah, good point. I mean, all dogs die eventually. It's a fact of life. They all go to heaven. That film that... (sighs) I just referenced. Yeah, you did. You got got me. (laughs) Tomino's All Dogs Go to Heaven. It's got a different tone. So while while she's driving by, Frau just like kind of has like a weird memory time thinking about being a child as ghost children running around the town. Oh, so many memories. Oh, it's all being ruined by war. Isn't it bad how bad war is? Ooh. It is. Ooh. Sailor's in a different car and it, it just makes me question how old you have to be to drive in this world. I I, I just want to say, mm. I really love the silly little sports cars. Like, they all look like ones you'd see on a Dragon Ball manga splash page. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, don't they just? It's nice. <laughs> I, I was I was making fun of them before, but that's because I, I was different then. Different I'm then. old now. I'm older. I'm <laughs> infirm. You're infirm. You've decided you're actually just jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Sally's driving around. She seems to have gone to, like, the outskirts, and there's some wreckage from, like, the Gundam bits, and... There's just like a little man jumping around and it's Char being a scamp. Um, 
she gets a gun from under a book in the glove box, which isn't a glove box because it's just like a nook. So stuff must fall out all the time. So it's probably the worst place imaginable to keep a gun when you're driving. (laughs) Oh, not again. (laughs) And then we get the amazing mid-episode stinger. Yes. Sure. Yes. So Sailor is very cool and soldierly. She's like, you know, oh, I'm going to like run up and, oh, dark and... And Charlie's just having like a little fun photo shoot. He's wiggling his butt. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, t- I took important notes. Okay, no, no. Char is the best character. He shakes his booty for the camera. It's true. <laughs> they're they're even dressed in the same color right now. Him and Sailor. No, they're like because Char's red. Sailor's in pink. It's real. Pink is a shade of red. I, I don't agree with that. It, it's true in the limited palette of this show, though. Uh... Oh. It's pretty close anyway. It is close. It's similar enough that you can kind of get, you get the vibe before they say anything that... Are you going to mention the size of the head? I was just about to. Okay. You can mention it if you are. No, no, no. Because I didn't really notice until you pointed it out. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Max, did you notice the size of the head? Uh, please tell me about the massive head. What are all those heads? Um, <laughs> yeah, so Charles taking pictures of the, the gun tank head. And so the Gundam, I believe, is 18 meters tall not 1,000 meters tall, (laughs) but Char is stood next to... um, Just the head. Just the head of it. And it's like a picture of me stood next to the fucking Eden Project. It's It's huge. Yeah, it's like twice his size at least. It's like fucking... Oh my... It's like... Yeah. Oh, Massive. So Sailor confronts him and Char's like, you don't look like a soldier, which is rude to say to someone pointing a gun at you. A little short to be a (laughs) stormtrooper. And Sailor's like, move and I'll shoot. And Charlie's like, huh, she looks like. And Sailor's like, shut up, take off your helmet and face the other way. The head is smaller now, by the way. Um, yeah, and then the head is smaller. He takes off his helmet and reveal. we get the face reveal. Yeah. Oh, look at that bishy boy. He's, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I don't yeah. know if bishies were a thing back then, but. They clearly uh, were. Did you not <laughs> see him? <laughs> oh, my notes closed again. That's good. Thanks, phone. I mean, he, he is a very popular bishy, to be fair. Mm. This is like, this is the proper sort of start of the age of uh, Fujoshi and stuff. Ah. Like, it, it started for different reasons than Gundam. But Char looking like a very pretty man probably doesn't hurt. Yeah. That's definitely, I mean, I've seen interviews with Tomino talking about, like, the first proper fans of Gundam being female fans that really love that sort of thing. We fucking love sci-fi. I've got a thing of him like being like, all you guys later on that got into it because of the model kits, you guys suck. You should have been there at the (laughs) beginning. Fuck you. Oh, we get the face reveal and Sailor's like, (gasps) and then he just kicks the gun out of her hand. Char kick. And this is when the Gundam record shrinks because now it's the same height as Char. Mm. Char. 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 That's how it's pronounced. <laughs> um, so he's kicked the gun out of her hands and they just kind of stood there. And Charles like, but she's too strong to be Artesia. Yeah, is that based on her grip strength? <laughs> you can only like how much so. force he had to use to kick <laughs> the gun the away. Is, right. So it doesn't really explain a lot about Artesia and like who that is because it's a mystery for later. Mm. But surely Char has the awareness to go and think like, if this was Artesia and time has passed, maybe they've gotten stronger. <laughs> oh she's too tall to be (laughs) oh she's aged she's too old (laughs) she's 35 now so Amro turns up in the big Gundam and Sailor tries to grab Char before he flies away and obviously that doesn't work Mm. and she's like brother Nissan secret siblings maybe Nissan mysteries 
I'm always just oblivious to what has happened. <laughs> he's just like, I'm going to use the super napalm. He doesn't notice the fucking jetpack guy because he's like, mm, super napalm. <laughs> and he's like, he asks Sailor to climb into his hand and lie down. And then he blows everything up. And just the visual of her like lying down in his hand is just <laughs> so funny. I will protect you from the intense heat of <laughs> super napalm by putting you in my metal hands. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Okay, so everything's blowing the fuck up. Char, <laughs> Char goes and causes a commotion because he, oh. he he shoots through an opening in the spaceport. Fucking speed run strats. <laughs> yeah, he just goes straight through. People are trying to shoot him, but they're all dead. So only like four people have guns. And Char's they getting are terrible shots. Of- <laughs> Charles getting loads of good shots of all, loads of good like pictures of like the gun cannon and the gun tank. The fucking the music's and, going as well. It's yeah. so good. Oh, but then his camera gets destroyed. Mm. So he's like, "Well, shit!" And then just pulls out two magic grenades and blasts through two walls, and then just escapes. And I love that. Um, both wall explosions are the same animation yeah. cells. Like, oh, totally right. It's it's great. This is a man who has got his timing perfect for grenades. Like, he knows exactly when to throw them mm. to explode yeah. before they make contact. It is like it is some goofy stuff. Kind of makes for an amazing moment. Oh, definitely. I think the music is really fitting here because it's like it's such cool music, yeah. and also no one's getting murdered at that point when it's playing, so it's more fitting for Sammy. <laughs> Amaro tries to shoot Char with his beam. Oh, no, he tries to shoot all of them because Char's gang was like... I I don't know what they were doing while Char was having fun, but it just seems like they were just kind of like waiting outside floating about yeah <laughs> i think they had gone in to do their own thing and because he was, and i think he says something like oh let's get going let's meet outside and let's go head back in <laughs> he's less casual than that hey. but you know what i mean he's um, very casual though isn't he he's like really chill and really like he keeps his nerves very well oh it's yeah definitely, part of him being definitely. Cool, isn't it? so Amor is trying to shoot them with his beam and he's breathing heavily he's waiting for the crosshairs to line up he's having a freaking freak out because like Fighting a Gundam, I think, is very different to fighting a little person. He, he mentions that after, doesn't yeah. he? It's like, I, I really like that he can't bring himself to fire on yeah. humans. It's he, So he, he shoots, but he misses. And Char tells everyone to like, oh, just stay calm. You're more likely to be hit if you move because we're just such tiny targets. And like, that wouldn't chill me out if I was like in space with no protection and a giant robot was shooting lasers at me. But it's fine. It's fine. He's fucking cool. Char's like, he talks to the, the Musai to get them to launch his and send Zach so they can go and do a little fight. Bright is giving orders on the white base. He's telling Mirai that she's too tense. Lol. He's getting Frau to check the airlocks. And he's like, Amaro, stay 10 kilometers within the ship. Amaro is still on a little scream, so Sammy is amused. <laughs> uh, is helping too. On, she's typing on a keyboard, I think. Same with Hayato and Kai. Oh, no. Hayato's helping. And then Kai just kind of stood around looking like an asshole. Ryu's on a little screen. And he says he's ready to pilot the core fighter, which is like a, the little ship. And Ryu and Amaro shoot at the incoming missiles and the explosions are very nice. I enjoyed them. Mm. The Zaku's turn up and they're like, but no Zaku is capable of that speed. One Zaku is approaching at three times the normal speed. It's Char, the Red Comet! Three times. Ah! Three times. It's, it does it three of them. Yeah. <laughs> he's just overclocked the hell out of his mobile suit. <laughs> So it's time for Char and Amaro to fight. Let's test the performance of the Federation's first flight suit, says Char. And Amaro's like, I can take him. He doesn't look like a person. 
Yeah, he says oh, a Zaku's not a human. Yeah. And it's like with whether it's that it's an even match or whether there's that like just an extra layer of separation because he's like it's got a human in it, Amaro. I mean, he's, you know. He's, just, he's just disassociating. It's fine. That's, yeah. You know yeah. what? Yeah. He's um, just like me for real. <laughs> so Char is too fast in his fancy red Zaku and the Gundam, but the Gundam isn't taking any damage from Char's attacks. So Char's getting, you know, a bit flustered at this point. He orders Slender to help out. So, like, Amaro goes to punch him, but Char dodges, and the core fighter comes in shooting at Char, and Amaro manages to hit Slender Zako, blowing it up, and there's a big explosion, and Char is like, <gasps> shocked Pikachu face. Um, <laughs> Slender was killed in one hit. A battleship class beam. Oh, no. Can I interrupt again? Yeah. So, I... I absolutely love this first fight between them as mm. um, a fantastically choreographed demonstration of one, how outclassed in skill Amaro is by yeah. Char and how despite that, Char can't get him because the Gundam is that well made. Yeah. Well, it's not just that, Alex, is the thing. Amaro is a child. He doesn't know tactics. He doesn't know how to move in a fight. Yeah, yeah. And I think because he's that inexperienced, Charles faced with someone who's not doing obvious things. He's in a mobile suit trying to grab his opponent. It's like know? playing a, a, a against a pigeon at chess. I get you. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just when you're completely unprepared for the lack of strategy, <laughs> they can be like surprisingly effective against yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I really like, it reminded me of, um, you know, like sometimes you get, that, that it, it made me think of wrestling, to be honest. And I'm not well versed in, in wrestling, certainly not as well versed as some of the other uh, members of the cast here. Like Sammy, uh, but <laughs> I know many things about wrestling. But like the the kind of thing of like this person is just a beefy powerhouse, low skill kind of thing, and that that's kind of what Amaro is at the start of the the season. He's like just he's got a ton of hit points. If he gets you with one hit, you'll die. But he's like a, a an Andre the Giant type of like he's just going to keep going. He's a you know I don't know about wrestling. You know what? I'm going to stop. Sorry, right, we'll just we'll we'll say this is just a popular wrestling fans at home, but we'll say he's like the great Carly, which is to say very big and very ineffective. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. That is fair, that is fair. So yeah, I said like Char is really shocked because this is he's seeing it up mm. close and first hand and everything. Amaro is also really shocked in this scene, even though he's destroyed the other two Zachary's with one hit. So I don't know why he was surprised when he did it again. I guess it was with a different attack, but I was still just like, I, I remember you killed the other guys. You like you sliced that guy in half, remember? Maybe because it was the other ones with a sword? Maybe? I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, like, a, a sword makes sense to cut through stuff, but, you know, shooting things and everything, it's like, oh, I don't know. You can't mm. cut through stuff with a gun. I tried. <laughs> um, so, at that point, Charles like, fuck this shit, I'm out. I can't match that firepower, which is good, because that's when the beam rifle energy runs out, and mm. there's a big sparkle. And I enjoyed it. <laughs> so Amuro goes back to the ship. Bright is giving orders. So as as Amuro and Ryu come onto the deck, there's like this weird energy. Like Kai gives him a peace sign and Farrah's like, Amuro, Amuro. Pass your bedtime. <laughs> Amuro obviously doesn't acknowledge her. Bright. <laughs> and then Bright comes up to him and bearing in mind that Amuro is a child who has helped save them in like this awful, terrible situation. And he's like, you rely too much on the Gundam's performance. You need to be more efficient in battle. And then Bright shouts at him to grow up. And I'm like, dude. And Amaro just sweats. Just fucking sweats, like, just pouring off of him. <laughs> like, just in response, he's just like, man, Bright's really hot. You know, like, it's like <laughs> uncomfortable levels of tension as he is just beading sweat all over his body. He is 
such a sweaty boy. See so yeah, Bright shouting about you were assigned to the Gundam, which he wasn't. He just jumped in it. Assigned Gundam um, at year seventy nine. <laughs> uh, you were assigned to the Gundam. You became a pilot. Get better, scrub. <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh, I hate it, but that's how it is. And it's like he has no sympathy for the fact that this poor teenager had to just kill some people to mm. save people and didn't even get to save that many people because they all died first. Oh, God. Bright has a real stick up him and, frankly, just needs to get laid. I'm really sorry, but I really don't like Bright. I, I mean, that Bright says that. He's like, it's fine if you hate me. Go and fix the fucking Gundam. Oh, God. I was going to say, at, at this point in the story, not many people like Bright. Someone eventually does like him, mm. but it takes a while. I'm just like, I just feel like if you're going to have this attitude, Bright, you get in the fucking Gundam next time. He can't. Why can't His he? His eyes are too small and crab-like <laughs> to pilot it. <laughs> His eyes like oh. belt holes. Yeah, um, he also <laughs> says to Amaro that he should go back to side seven if he can't handle it. And it's like, yeah, let's go to our half-blown up <laughs> colony. Not just that, but they've not even, re- they've barely even left at this point. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, bitch was still there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I just want to go hang out with all those corpses. That'll be really great, Bright. Thanks. Anyway, Frau like, goes to step in and Amaro like, puts a hand on her shoulder and replies, I might not be up for the task, but I don't have any other choice. And I think he's going to call him a dick, but then he says the line that you said Sorry. about, oh, I don't care if you hate me. Go deal with the the really, really complicated machines maintenance. Go on, fix you it. know how to do that, I saw right? you reading that big fucking catalogue. <laughs> oh, brand new technology. Experimental technology. You can just go deal with it, Amaro. You're 15. You're a pilot now. You think Amaro will be like, hey, where's my dad, by the way? No, but it doesn't come up, does it? No, I mean, his dad didn't care about him. Why should he care about his dad? Um, and then the episode ends. Amuro. Amuro. Your dad's a wanker. I thought that it would be an integral part of Amuro's dad's character that he was like, oh, won't it be nice that the Gundam will stop us having child soldiers? And then he's just totally fine with his son being a child soldier. That's all right. Give, give it time. Give it time with Temray. If his head's not popped out in space, I'm sure he'll feel bad about it later. I mm. hope so. I, I want one of these characters to be redeemable. <laughs> no, no, don't get optimistic. This is Mobile Suit Gundam. Oh, God. <sighs> I will say that um, when I was watching this, I was like, my favourite character is Mirai because she's, she's had a couple of moments where she's kind of like been like cool and mm, the future rules. back. But obviously I don't know. I like she, to is, think... she is a fantastic foil to Bright Noah. That is all I'll say. That makes me worry about the future. Uh-oh. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so episode two, finito. Hooray! Okay, shall I tell you all about episode three? Yes, yeah, I'm really do. excited for Max to be like, so here's here's how brief the notes you made should have been. <laughs> here's how long the They're notes not, you made. But they are tightly been. scripted, and I'm going to read them fast, and just whenever you want to interject with something, do, okay, please. Okay, okay. Let's so we're just going go. to see. Let's so this go. episode is this is vote to attack, which is a title without Gundam in the name, breaking my theory on how they were going to name the <laughs> The white base is out on the metaphorical roads to Luna Two, a large meteor used for building resources, where they intend to meet with Earth Federation forces. But the Musai is in hot pursuit, albeit lacking the crucial resources to actually stage further attacks, at least for now. Admiral Dozel's promised resupply, the much-needed replacement Zaku-2s, the ammunition to allow the Musai to take on Whitebase, is severely lacking, being literally two-thirds of what was promised and delivered in a massively outdated Papua-class <laughs> supply ship by an equally outdated old soldier in Captain Gadem. 
A man so behind the times that his Zaku only has one numeral. <laughs> it's hard to say if this is the strains of waging war against Earth or a bit of a slight from Dozel towards the upstart Charles, sort of a like, fuck you bossing me around, we've got other stuff on than just dealing with Operation V and you've already ran through your resources. I read you know? it more as that myself than... Yeah. Dozel definitely comes off from what little we've seen of him as someone who does not rate Char at all. Mm. He's uh, like the Sammy of, uh, of this, <laughs> this part. <laughs> there we go. Mariah Yashima, our interim pilot of White Base, has suspicions as to the Musai's reasons for hanging back, but Bright is overly cautious, having lost more than he can afford to already, and suspects a fake-out, which, as we all know, you use on turn one and causes your opponent to flinch. Oh, fuck <laughs> I do want to just, like, sorry to interrupt already. Please. But, like, um, there's a bit at the start of the episode where you see everyone on the White Base, and they're all wearing their, their nice little uniforms. Mm. So all the girls are in pink now, just, you know, for that real gender essentialism. But there's this really funny bit where like bright tries to make small talk with silent in the lift with silent yeah like he asks her where she used to live and she's like do i have to answer that and i'm like what the fuck that's amazing fuck you bright she says <laughs> yeah it's like if you want to know why sailor is such a popular character where people are going to draw her without clothes on in fanzines it's because she doesn't like bright and that's all it takes mm. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I just wanted to, I really wanted to just, I just, any opportunity I can to hate Bright, I'm like... Oh, no, we, we have to throw it in there. The thing is, it's like, I don't hate Bright, but I do hate Bright. <laughs> it's like, even if you try not to, you can't help it a little bit. I want to interrupt as well uh, for some jokes and things. Max really is flying past, and I'm feeling terrible about like, how fucking vague and unscripted my notes were. Yeah, look, ours were a reaction. My, yeah, mine was just a fucking play-by-play, Jesus. Uh, I have so many more notes than you think after this point. <laughs> But uh, I, I wanted to say, when you're saying Mirai bringing up the uh, the thing, and she says, um, hey, it's me, Mirai. She says, oh, it's only a matter of time before Char's non-counter-attack. <laughs> <laughs> wink, 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 wink. I, I also want to point out that the supply ship with Char's supplies, that's 35 years old. And the man that's captain it, he's 35 years old. Oh, they were born at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Are they twins? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, that, that's why you have to associate them both as old mm. which again means it is pre this war it is pre the entire thing with the Principality of Zeon oh my god yeah that's actually a it's, good point yeah it's very important to have reminders that there is a lot of stuff that was happening before this war when there were more people <laughs> yeah, when there were when there was twice the twice population. As many people. Anyway, so this debate between the two is actually quickly given over to Mirai as the supply ship is spotted mm. and they immediately move into action. If by action you mean a democratic vote on whether to attack or run with all the combat capable people within the white base. Here's Stormer's Labour. Uh, yeah. Anyone who is not capable does not get a vote. Oh, except the children uh, which do is... vote as well. <laughs> well, yeah, but they're not counted. <laughs> uh, so Bright explains the situation and gives about fifty fi- Amaro, 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 will you stop filling with your fucking collar for one minute, please? We are having a serious discussion. I swear, Christ, it's like you ask him to stand still for one second and he immediately starts just fucking everywhere. His, he is holding the collar of his clothes and they are going every fucking direction. He cannot get his neck comfortable. Look, he's just, he's very nervous about the prospect of having to kill more people. Max, you piece of shit. I was like, wait, did... Did Max get, like, a dog named Amaro? <laughs> I really thought, like, that was fucking... That was acting there. Shit. I, would I know. So it's almost like I have the most heavily scripted summary because I don't trust myself to talk. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it's like, it's a total, I think it's supposed to be that he's uncomfortable with the yeah. uniform or stuff, or it's to build up, like, is he going to raise his hand or not? But it just, once again, as with all things of Amaro, just comes across as a bit of a stimmy action. <laughs> I like the bit just before this scene where, like, Bright's like, everyone has to come and do a vote, and Frau and Amaro are hanging out, and Frau's just like, don't worry, Amaro, I'll wash your clothes because I'm the girl in this anime. I'm your mum. Oh, even better than that, they, they both get called forward. She grabs hold of, like, the little pipe thing that speeds her along and Amaro just has to float along to catch her. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that, like, the first thing, like, just before she sets off, she's like, I'm going to wash some clothes. It's like, all right. Well, okay. Right now, when you need to vote. She's, aren't we voting on stuff? She just, she just loves washing clothes and cooking the dinner. <laughs> and looking after children. Yeah, she's, um, it's the, 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 uh, right, there's a joke here that I can make about white base and the the hot bath method of family <laughs> sociology. I'll, I'll keep working on it. Okay, we'll come back to that in a future episode. <laughs> Bright gives about 50-50 onto success to either plan, those being attacking the Musai or dashing to Luna 2, which is such a cop-out. You get the impression with Bright that this is less actual probability of success than just a sort of smarmy teenage thing of being like, well, there's two outcomes, so clearly it's 50-50. <laughs> Uh, which, you know, he, he is 19, so car- carry on, mate, fine. really. I used to always buy two lottery tickets because of that logic. <laughs> Want to win. Either you win or you don't, so I'll get them both. Yeah. The uh, the crew vote by a pretty large majority to attack <laughs> and prepare to turn side-on to fire cannons while sending Amro and Ryu out in the Gundam and Core fighter, respectively. Amro has a big old bazooka this time, which is a bit of heavier firepower to better damage the ships, which are, of course, larger than mobile suits. Mm. So I think that's kind of actually sound logic to the weaponry applied to a situation. Uh, I also really appreciate the launch footholds that he has to stand in. Yeah, I love the bit when he's, like, bending down his knee and then he's, like, kind of just like... Yeah. But I think my favourite thing is, is it throws him out about two metres before he has to activate the retros in his backpack to keep going the rest of the way. So it's like, it helps, but not much. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, a plan this straightforward can't go off without a hitch for our baby faces. And the... For lack of a better phrasing, mildly cretinous Ryu Jose repeatedly creates issues for others. First, he tries to fly head-on to the side despite the sun being right in his <laughs> eyes. A strategic mistake that he only avoids because Amro, again, an actual child, stops him from doing so. And then, on the attack, he keeps strafing directly in the way of White Base's guns. And he's, like, he, he has... It wasn't disconnected at first. He has since disconnected his radio, <laughs> so he can't even be told to get out of the way. Now, there's aspects to that, right? So, the reason that they can't communicate with him is because the Minovsky particles, right? That's the real reason. <laughs> they get in the way of the communication. Hey, this is the first episode that explicitly mentions the Minovsky particles. So. so, you know, that's why. I assumed he he was flying directly into the sun so it would give Amaro a chance to be like, actually, I do know some tactics. Yeah, it's that he's holding the idiot ball. No, yeah. I, I am 100% sure that this guy is an idiot that the captain sacrificed his own health over protecting in the last episode for no goddamn good reason. And it's like, oh, so shit. he creates all these problems and he gets um, like a minor bollocking later on for oh. this fumble. But if I, were in, if I were in Bright's shoes, this man would be dumped in a hole. He is dangerous. That bit really annoyed me because, again, obviously I dislike Bright, but Bright's like a total dick to Amaro. And I'm like, I'm sorry, the guy stood next to him was the one causing actual problems. 
oh yeah well not just that but in that same scene like I will return back to where we were in the episode uh, he praises Amaro's strategy against Char but when you're that bad a pilot and you've created nothing but problems maybe your opinion on a child's fighting capability <laughs> isn't actually worth that much nah 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 like they put way too much stock in this absolute moron <laughs> Amaro does fare better than Ryu in all of this and successfully blows the supply lines connecting the Musai and the Papua and even holds his own against Char in his Zaku 2, keeping things close to even despite Char's superior speed. Um, I, I really like this fight. Uh, I, I've not made a lot of notes about it in my summary, but like it has this sort of cool like uh, samurais taking each other on thing, where like the two blurs of the ships clash past each other in the air. Oh, with the su- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really it's- like all of Char's kicks. Mmm, the char Ooh. kicks. Mm. I, I, I believe I did make a note about the hits in this with, between Amaro and Char, and it just says, when you hit in space, it push you back. <laughs> <laughs> and you do get, like, I know it's supposed to be he's shaking off the hits a lot, but Amaro does do a lot of, like, uh, head-shaking stimming in response to the stress of the situation as well. Mm. <laughs> is, is this the like, bit where, like, he's just kind of, like, going, he's rocking backwards and forwards, <laughs> and they just repeat the same, um, like, oh, animation cells, like, no, four times? No, so we'll, we'll, we will get to that, because that comes up when Gadem gets in on the action. Just before we move on, just before they do the clash, there is a guy manning a turret that gets killed by the core fighter, and when he gets hit by it, uh, in Japanese at least, um, he does like a what like kind of noise, yeah. but he sounds exactly like Goku. <laughs> See, well, the way like, you explained this was doing like a what, yeah. which makes me feel like what. I feel good, which isn't what you'd say if you were getting shot to death. And I think that's very tasteless, Alex. If you were getting sucked, I am. I have well, dad. <laughs> I have two things I want to mention because one, I absolutely adore that on the captain's chair on white base, there's like a corded phone. It's the big phone that the captain couldn't pick up before. It's the lighter (laughs) version. Um, But also, um, I think there's a bit where, I don't know if it's Char specifically or just some of the Xeon guys, but they call white base Trojan horse. Mm. And I'm like, do you know why they do that? Because I couldn't, I mean, I've only watched three episodes of the show, so maybe it gets revealed later, but I'm just like... What? I'm not going to lie, I just shrugged my way past that line. So I was just like, I don't fucking know. It's because it's got guys inside, you know? I, I just, most ships have guys inside. It's, you see, the thing about the Trojan horse... Even the guys horse, have guys inside. The Trojan horse had guys in, you know? <laughs> just, <laughs> I, yeah, that, it, oh. that reference really stuck with me because I'm like, what? It's got guys in it. <laughs> anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's all right. So on the white base side of things, Kai and Hiyato have been unable to fire on the Xeon ships. Uh, again, because Ryu Jose is bad. <laughs> Just being a shit. And uh, they propose heading out in the gun tank to attack instead. Uh, with the logic being that Hiato will be the one to, like fire because they're just like yeah you can probably do it and he goes well i did say something about judo earlier when giving advice so <laughs> did you ever study judo <laughs> they it's go with the pad you ever study judo gun tank. yeah <laughs> with bright's permission they roll out somewhat hastily as the musai starts using its particle cannons again uh during all of this kerfuffle the crew of the that that same shot they use over and over again by the way of the musai's particle cannons always looks sick it's yeah, fucking definitely. good yeah, yeah like yeah. just that sort of one line by line by line firing it's just it's so cool oh is this when Which they're is, like um prepare the mega particle the cannon, mega particle cannon. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is also a goofy fucking name there was there was a bit where we were watching it and um as the mega particle cannons were charging up uh mary walked into the room and looked at the screen and saw like the the tower of cannons and just started laughing and i nearly got violent <laughs> I'm like, how dare you 
You don't understand my tower of guns. <laughs> uh, so during all of this kerfuffle, the crew of the Papua have been scrambling to unload despite the loss of the supply lines. I don't know why I'm saying it like that, by the way. That's how they pronounce uh, it. It's very funny. Yeah. And so they're having to try and float the crates and Zaku across. Mm. And both they and the crew of the Musai are being shot to absolute pieces by the core fighter, which is like this incredibly tense and costly mission that they only just succeed at as the gun tank fires and blows the Papua to smithereens. It's like an unimaginable loss of life just to reload and re-equip one ship in its dogged pursuit of the Federation's new technology. And the deaths are presented as serious and tragic. Like, as anything you saw on Side 7, like, all it needs is someone crying over their mum. I... And then struggling to climb up a map painting afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So I, I think it does a real good of make, a good job of making it clear that in, in this world, in any world, any loss of life on any side of war is painful and not worth paying yeah. like it shows it as as futile it shows it as as just a sad thing like Gadem like a guy literally gets like shot up by the core fighter while shielding his body and you're just like Jesus like he falls Christ, into it, that it? is, it's, it's yeah I feel really yeah. bad maybe I'm a bit of a sociopath but I I didn't find it funny them getting shot <laughs> that's it... a good leader so oh. before they all get shot up by the core fighter the Xeon guy in charge like goes up and starts shouting at them like why aren't you doing this quicker and it's like because they're getting shot at and it just the juxtaposition between that and then them all getting like mercilessly killed it's the horrors of war I don't think he's being like particularly brutal to them about it though I don't think he's like speed up slaves and like no but but to be fair to Kadem he's 100% right like if they did not get that out as quick as they did, they would have failed their mission as well as died. Mm. So it's like he's being the, the old military man. But like, it's it's interesting, because I think for this episode, for at least this one moment where, like, the Xeon are on the back foot, you kind of root for them a little bit. Like, you're like, come on, you can do it. You can, I, you can reload your fucking missiles. I just want to... Sammy is shaking her head here. <laughs> I just, like... I just I feel sorry for the guys that all die and everything, but like the mustache man is just like, oh, do it quicker, and I'm like, dude, dude <laughs> don't get me wrong. Gadem does suck, and thankfully it it's actually helped remove a small part of my summary because I put the Papua's captain Gadem. Remember him? Long summary. <laughs> I'm just thinking to myself, like, no, we've mentioned him last. This is a really fast summary compared to. Some other people's. That's because mine is incredibly scripted, and I'm just being like, if I power through, we're there, we're through it for the day. Sorry to keep interrupting. I just think my thoughts are very important, and everyone should. I I really agree with Max on this one. That like the, the, I was rooting for the for the for the supply ship here. I will say, like, it does effectively portray, hey, war is bad on both sides. You know, Mm. people dying is bad. Which was the thesis that Tamino brought make me like be like oh those poor Zeon guys because like I said the guy they were just getting shouted at what what wait <laughs> you, like, now I want I want I want to just lay out here I want to see if you can work out from this conversation which one of the three of us works in retail <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah okay yeah yeah fair 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 um, oh. I just think that if you shout at workers, then you deserve to fucking die. <laughs> Which, like, yeah, fair enough. When I, when I was working retail as well, I 100% felt that. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 I had some more things to say, but I, I feel like it will put me in a bad light if I say them now. 
Oh. That's all right. I've, I've just accidentally said, like, Psycho comes off unreasonably mean, but it's more that I, I understand what is changing our perspectives here. I do not have to interact with rude humans all day. Like, I just, he didn't come off to me as being rude. Like, he came off to me as, like, there's a bit that I, I didn't want to say yet because he, he says it later on, but there's there's a line that he says about it being a matter of honour yeah, for the supply corps. Yeah. Mm. But to me, like, that comes off as grandiose and like self-serving. Like, so I found it really humanizing. Because um, I think like it, it wasn't just him shouting at them. It was the fact that like they've literally had to like their lugging boxes by hand. They haven't got machinery to do it. Mm-hmm. These are boxes bigger than them. Pro- presumably they're heavy, even though they're in space. I, I tell you what, actually, hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll get to the death yeah, of Gadam, yeah. and I think this conversation yeah, has a, a lot more to be That's said. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Gadem is understandably pissed. He hops into his old weaponless Zaku one, which is one less, as we've established, uh, to fight Amuro. And the old dog actually gets some offence in with like a headbutt and an uppercut, uh, which are sensible tactics that actually consider the cockpit placement, which is why you get those shots of Amuro uh, with his seatbelt being That's the only thing he... that stops him uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. pace. But obviously it is futile. The Zaku is crap. It barely looks like it's been fully drawn. And so Amro manages to cut to the chase. He beams Sabers, the symbol of the past, in twain. And, like, it's a bit of an odd last stand, but, like, as you guys were saying, there's that line about matters of honour, but at the same time, it's... He's lost everything. Whatever happens next, this was a soldier who's been moved down to work in the supply corps who has then lost everyone who was working for him mm. and had nothing left. That he fought with a weaponless suit because there was nothing left for him but a soldier's death. And I think you're supposed to think, like, in that situation, in as that sort of person at the old age of 35... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like, what, what do you do? Mm. I mean, I, I found... I, I was really finding a lot of... Because I, I remember um, watching this and being like, Jesus Christ, you can't shoot on these people that are just doing... And, and like attacking supply lines is like one of your basic war things. But it was putting me so much in mind of firing on the civilians in the in the first episode. Mm. Uh, and there's the bit that he says. He says, Char's going to get his Zaku's missiles and food. It's a matter of honour for the supply corps. And... For, for me, like, the, the reminder that it's not just weapons, it's food as well. I, I have very strong feelings about that. You know. He he just like me, for real? No. Um, <laughs> Char needs to eat as well. Uh, yeah, but, like, there's... Char has three meals a day? <laughs> there's, he, 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 has, he eats three times... Ta- no. Um, <laughs> three times there's, there's a shot of the white devil, of, of the Gundam, with the sun behind it, and, like, this fucking four-note theme playing behind it, which isn't quite a DSE array, but it's pretty fucking close. Mm-hmm. It's some Jaws shit. Yeah. It's really like, oh, holy shit, these people are going to die. And that's just before he takes it on. And I don't know. Um, like, I'm not I'm not saying that it's good that they killed all those people. Please don't think I'm, I'm saying that. I'm not saying that the, the Zion... They're not real people. Work. You can say what you like. About <laughs> <laughs> I just think that, like, the... the Oh, no, is it Zion or Zion? It's not Zion. We can't say Zion. It's not Zion, Zion no, please. No, right. Zion. So, th- th- I think it's what I get with a lot of, like, evil organisations. Mm. And I'm using air quotes there. You can't see it because it's a podcast. Where, like, those guys did not deserve to get shot at and died, especially when they were just trying to resupply a ship. But, like, the upper management? Yeah, like the fact sword. that Dozel has chosen this ship to resupply Char with is both an insult to Char and a risk to the guys on the ship. Like, Yeah, like, it, the guy that he was talking to in the last episode, I can't remember his name. Yeah, Dozel. That was it, wasn't it? I, like, yeah. Um, he's responsible for these deaths. Yeah. As much as anyone. Mm. It's like, so I, I find it really hard to, like... Yeah. 
if he hadn't been a shit, then maybe these people would still be alive. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's it's really hard to sympathize with a group where the upper management are like, and I'm sure I'm going to get that later with the Federation because oh, yeah, I already yeah. hate Bry. <laughs> I mean, when we like, get to Zeta Gundam, it's like, oh. Oh, Jesus. But I, when any organization that treats like the work is like that, like disposable, like cannon fodder kind of thing, that I can't, I can't, I just can't sympathize with them. But you can sympathize with the workers. I can sympathize with the yeah, workers. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, like I said, those people did not deserve the, I'm, I'm not thinking about Zeon as a, as a flag, I guess. Um, well, I think the captain, the mustache guy, like for me, he is a symbol of the actual like higher yeah. ups of yeah. them because he's the like cap- oh yeah it's honor and i'm like well a worker doesn't care about honor because like it's life or death you know what i mean like there's a i, I don't know i'm getting sorry well, I'm getting I, I, I think it's, it's a, f- a very interesting way of uh, looking at it all and it, it is true it's like at the end of the day all the soldiers who are just dying they're there because the alternative is probably not having a job mm. not having a chance of survival and just simply giving up to die like They've seceded from uh, the entire Earth. (laughs) There's no good ending for that. No. But with that, the fighting is wrapped. So we hit the aftermath as surviving forces return to their ships, lick their wounds, and assess the mission. The resupply still mostly happened, but White Base did some damage, and they're able to continue their dash to Luna 2. But not before Bright gives out to Amro for not being prepared for Char, (laughs) which... He is a child. He does not know strategy. But lessons were learned, and Ryu vouches for him, and Ryu's <laughs> shit. So, whatever, really. Uh, onwards and upwards to Luna 2. Uh, I didn't include it in my summary here, but I do have to say, I like the light foreshadowing on Amro being like, man, I'm really going to hit bright in the face one of those days. <laughs> oh, that, and I'm just I like, hmm, I love- we'll see who hits who in the face. I love that after that bit, Frauber is just like, here, I've made some tea for you. Gender. But I was very happy because Harrow was there. Yeah, so, because uh, fucking Ryu was just like, what the fuck is that thing? And Amaro was like, it's Harrow. I built it. And then does not elaborate. <laughs> Amaro is Harrow's dad. <laughs> I also want to point out that Char has a fucking crisis here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, He's like... He has, like... He, like, loses his mind. He's like, we lost because of the technology, but they're shit at using it. They're amateurs. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> we better not be kids in there. it's just about having the bigger gun. Oh. Which is like, Char Ch- really goes through it in this episode because he struggles a lot with deciding whether he should be off on his big glamorous lionized one-on-one fight as the the big hero of Zeon mm. or remembering that he has to actually protect his shit. Yeah, there were a few points where he was like, oh, just hold out until I get there. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. dude, they're getting slaughtered. Yeah. I mean, that's at the end as well. There's there's a bit with the Zachary's like, should we go after them as they're, as they're retreating? And Char's like, no, protect the fucking unloader guys. Yeah. So he does get it eventually. Gets, yeah. But I think that's why the the honor line kind of made me feel a bit mm. weird because like Charles like, oh no, I'm gonna do my one on one fight and be really cool. And that's like an honor kind of thing, like, oh yeah, there's different, I'm have my different cool kinds fight. of it. And it's like, well no, because if you were truly honorable, you'd be making sure that like all your people were getting out alive and See, not that, getting Because that's the thing for me, that the truly honorable thing is trying to get food to people. I don't know. I, th- the presence of food in <laughs> the crates really is really complicating things for yeah. Alex. Char- Char's attempt to honour, him sticking closer to the ship may have led to the Gundam actually doing more damage to the Musai. Mm. But n- by not doing it, he guaranteed that they were dying to the core fighter. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and then you see Gadem's honour directly gets himself killed as well. 
Like, the the big theme of this episode is honour is for fucking idiots. Yeah. Do you think Char just saw that it was Ryu in the core fart and he's like, ah, I'd be right. <laughs> well, no, because clearly that Ryu is stupid, idiot. but he's very good at killing people. Oh, uh, as as many stupid people are. Oh, no. we just said the same thing. <laughs> um, this is like completely off topic, but I really want to mention it because it was something that kind of baffled me when it happened. Mm. But there's a bit where the core fighter is trying to take out the Zakus before they're, they're they can be manned. Yeah, yeah, because they're just loose Zakus, aren't they? And Chor... Ch- Chor? Oh my God, how many <laughs> names am I going to call this man? Chor shoots what looks like lightning at him. Is that how they animate the machine gun? I don't know. I w- that's why I wanted to bring it up because I was just like, at the time when I was watching it, I was just like, what the fuck? You can no, shoot it, it lightning? Was, it was the core fighter Ooh. shooting lightning, wasn't it? No, it was Char oh, shooting was it lightning. Char shooting lightning? The core fighter. I can't remember. Also, isn't it surprising how powerful the core fighter is considering all it really is <laughs> is the the cockpit for other mobile suits? It's the Gundam's Not that it ever really it? gets to do that. Mm. It does it in the opening every episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God. Which, you know, they put that in the opening, like, because they knew they couldn't fit it in the show, but they wanted the sponsors to understand that it's like, look, it's a combiner, it's a toy. It's a toy, it's a toy, don't, don't, don't worry. I did have one last note I didn't fit into this episode. It was just an alternate title that made me chuckle, and it just says Sun Tzu, because it's the art of war, but it's about the sun. Oh, because, yeah. Don't fly into it. (laughs) That shot of him like coming out from the sun is very cool. Like when they shoot out the like the missiles and they're like quick try and hit him and like they all just explode. Mm. And it's just very cool. It's a hell of a thing. Yeah. Um, very so good. Well visuals. done. We have made it through <laughs> the three episodes. We did um, it. I I feel really good about these. Like I think when we were discussing format, as much as this has taken way longer than planned, like we're we're still learning. We're, these are going to get shorter as we learn how to be efficient. When we were planning this, and I think we settled on the three episode format, a big part of this was because these opening three episodes work really well as one big block of story. Yeah, mm. definitely, definitely. Mm. Like, and I think it's I I had an amazing time watching these. Like, I've seen them before. I've seen them dubbed when I was like twelve or however old I keep saying I am all the time. <laughs> so like, it, it's yeah. had its uh, nineteen had its impact on me for a while, but. Like, actually sitting there watching, like, the proper original language version and just taking it all in. Because there was obviously some censorship with uh, the US dub right before 9-11, and then it just kind of went off the air. Yeah. But it was... This has been great. I've had a good time watching these episodes. Yeah, it's been been cool. I'd only really seen the movies before this, and they trim this down a lot, you know? I hadn't seen any of it. It's exciting. How did you find them, Simon? I think the first time I watched them, I was, because uh, yeah, I like, I like drama. Ooh. I don't necessarily like war. Fair. War drama. You're not supposed to. That's, um, Tomino's got what he wanted. <laughs> but I did enjoy it. I think it's definitely held up better than I would have thought. Like, I don't, I, I'm not sure if this is the oldest anime I've watched, because there's been some that are pretty old. 1979 is definitely pretty old I think. up there we're, when we're talking things that are available legally in english yeah like it, it is on the older end of stuff like you'd have to go further back to astro boy or space battleship yamato to really get to other big series that were before this yeah mm. uh, a man or it's like <laughs> battle of the planets in america or whatever you know because like studio with studio ghibli stuff that's like 80s isn't it yeah like, that's yeah so i for for its age it's held up really well and i I, although like obviously it's an animated tv show Mm. 
So there's going to be bits where they like skimp on animation and stuff, but that's just how it goes. That's I'm just excited. the industry. I think they you can definitely see the work that goes like every time there was a spark on screen, I just. I fucking lost my mind. Um, like I said, so, I mentioned the texture mm. of the lines. Like when they did that, that was really nice. You could see the effort um, that went in with that sort oh, of touch. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think my biggest problem is going to be is I'm, I always have a problem when I watch like shows that aren't necessarily tailored to me, mm. which is most shows, <laughs> you know, and like. The, watching the first episode was painful at points because I'm like, like, Jesus Christ, could they make Frau Bo any worse? Yeah. Could they, like, come on. Come on, guys. I, I think the, the real question here as well is, do you see, like, the skeletal lines, like, the strings that connect this to G-Witch? Like, you can see how one grew into the other over three decades. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, it's like... Four decades, fuck. Oh, take, like, some interesting technology add loads of trauma into it uh like human greed yeah add a lot of that in bish bash bosh it's witch from mercury yeah yeah <laughs> like um g witch is is interesting because like obviously it's more about like capitalism is bad yeah, not only is war bad but capitalism, capitalism is, bad. is bad war property um, is particularly bad yeah and i think you can see that a little bit now in that like i mean because war is always fueled by mm. I mean, that's what Tomino would say, be like, capitalism is the true enemy. Yeah. And that's why we should kill the execs. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think on on the next couple of watch, I I think my biggest thing is, well, right. So it's not necessarily catered to me. So a lot of the women characters are kind of shit. Like, I really like Mirai. I really hope she stays as sassy and like, like, because there's like one bit where she's talking to Bright. No, I think it's Silas a sassy one. And then Mirai's just like really like quick, quick witted. And yeah, like, like really she smart, seems competent, uh, whereas, really competent, yeah. which obviously I enjoy. But I, I think I get with a lot of like, of like I guess sh- I don't think this is a show in an anime, but like in the future when it is shown in an it's anime, definitely, um, yeah. like the lack of personality you can sometimes get. Yeah, like they have like here is their one personality trait. Whereas in this one, on like my second and third watch through, I was like, oh, you can kind of see that they are trying to do something with them. Like as much as I give Char shit, mm. like he clearly has a lot going on layers, in his little yeah. brain under that I helmet. Mean, Frau Bo has multiple character traits. Amaral! She likes to wash. She likes to make tea. Yeah, she's the mother and the sister. Yeah, see, she's she's and the, the girlfriend. The sister wife, that's two traits. I'm, I'm mocking her <laughs> by like doing like the, like she just says Amaro. But when I'm doing it, I'm like, that's just what Harrow sounds like. Her and Harrow are the same She and Harrow are the same, except that, functionally, like, yeah. Yeah, functionally they're the same character. They I also mean, Har- Harrow does have holes together. in them. Oh no! So maybe they are the same. Oh, maybe they're connected. Flashlight Harrow. <laughs> She's not lime green though, so that's the difference, isn't it? She was wearing a green outfit. Give me though. lime green every time, you know. Mm. And now she's wearing a pink outfit. Mm. I do think the uniforms are a downgrade. Like I was interested to see everyone in their like unique. Do you notice colors, that um, Fraubo no. does have a unique uh, uniform? They all do. They're all slightly unique. Well, no, no, but, but like she's wearing like a different style, like more of a different style mm. than the others. And uh, this is noted on some trivia things that it was later. Uh, I think Tamino himself was just like, yeah, that's uh, the cadet one. That's the cadet one. See, I think it was so she because out. she had medical experience. They just dressed her as a nurse or something. <laughs> huh. I assumed it's because she was like... Are they all a bit more unique than that? Um, I thought it was... She's, she's got the only one I noticed. Um, I know that Fraubo doesn't have any, like, tights or leggings on or anything. She just has her legs out, which I assumed was, like, I guess, not fan service because she's a baby, but, like, 
fan service. Mm. Sila has like I think white pants underneath. Okay. She seems like more like you know not likely to wear. She, not that she's tomboyish, but like she's, um, she's competent, which in this universe is the same thing. Um, she's competent, so she's masculine. Yeah, yeah. And I think Ugh. I think Mariah might have white pants on her. It might just be. Um, it might. You might be right. It might. Be I, I don't know. We'd separate. have to double check. Let's rewatch them watch. and no, make a new you. podcast. No, where I don't talk as much. <laughs> I'll talk even more then. Yay! Talking's good. <laughs> I've definitely talked yeah, more good. than you. Don't worry. Welcome to the end of the episode. Uh, it's. I, I, I've been trying to decide whether we do plugs at the end. I don't really have anything much to plug, and we also kind of introduced some of the stuff we did at the start. So yeah, the only thing we'd plug would be roll history, and we'll mention yeah. that sometimes. So nah, I'd be right. Yeah, yeah so right. I just just say to everyone, listen to roll history. Listen to uh, Manga Mavericks and Shonen Flop, and more importantly, listen to us. Uh, if you've if you're listening to this on somewhere where you can do a review, give us a nice review, five stars, please. Pretty um, please. I, apparently, it's a good way of doing things. It's, and it'd be cool. Um, if we've we've spoken for several hours, so I think mm. it's probably worth it at this point. Yeah, look at all this entertainment you got for free. <laughs> if uh, if you did enjoy the show, or you know someone else that might enjoy the show, if you could tell a friend. Um, Best kind of marketing in the world is world of world of world of mouth. Welcome yeah, to the uh, world of mouth. World Wayne, of Wayne's world said it best: is uh, if if you tell two friends and they tell two people and, and they, they tell, tell two, two people, people and, and they, they tell, tell two, two people, people, so on and so forth. Then eventually, sure. half of all people well will have been told. <laughs> Next time on Mobile Suit Gun, will you survive? Uh, no. Uh, we're going to be doing episodes four to six, so it's worth watching them where you can. Again, this is on Crunchyroll at present, so that's probably the way to go. Uh, as we will deal with trouble at Luna 2 and move on to the next battlefield, Earth. <laughs> but, but not battlefield. Earth. No, no, oh, no. Amuro. Amuro. お前の生まれたふるさとだ覚えているかい少年の日のことを